Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, uh, wait a minute, uh, miss. Not today. I got some things I need to say today. Okay, <laughs> okay. Got some things I need to say today. Uh, okay, okay. Today is my birthday today, T- right? Today is your birthday today. I'm on chapter 30. I was going to play some music. Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. I'm not on a Facebook group. Okay. Some things is brought to my attention the other day. Yes. Number one. Now, correct me if I say anything I shouldn't be saying. If I'm oh, wrong. I'm going to cut it out. Okay. Because you're coming in with a very interesting Yes. Energy. Yes. <laughs> you know me better than anybody, man. I would say so, yes. I like to think, I like to look at myself as a very modest person. Uh-huh. I'm low key. Yes. I let things slide. When names get thrown up, get next to me. I'm not saying somebody call me a name. I'm saying that when certain terms get Attached to my name is like, okay, I need to, I just go ahead and say something a little bit. Sure. But before you even say what you said, okay, did you reflect on anything that anybody said as opposed to just feeling insulted? I was, no, I'm I'm not saying I feel insulted. Okay. okay. Then I'll let you rock. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going at it as like somebody that's in front of a mic. Okay. So we have mics in front of us. Mm -hmm. Me and you have a conversation, genuine, organic conversation. Yes. Stuff may come up that we say where it's like, you know. It's just the raw, real, just, unfiltered, right. yeah. But and then people may agree, disagree. Sure. Which is which is fine. Which is absolutely fine. Which is fine. 
I have no problem with that. I feel mm-hmm. like that's what the problem now is. You know, people hear stuff and they, they disagree. That's fine. Yes. If if you disagree with something I said, this now I'm not directing that. First of all, I'm not. This is not directed at a specific person. This is just in general. Yeah. Well, right? I mean, it was. There was a lot of people. I don't. I don't know if any one person would feel offended because it was a. It was a lot of people, but they were. They were on your head tops, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Go. Well, ahead. I'm just saying, yeah. just in general. Yeah, sure. So, um, disagree with somebody is fine. Yes. But I think the way people should go at it is if you disagree with something somebody said, you message them and go, "Hey, you know, I recently heard the episode, whatever. I didn't like what you. I didn't like what you said, or whatever." Sure. Fine. Did that's anybody where, do that? No. That's where. Okay. That's where I feel like. People should, that's what people should do to try to meet in the middle, to look at it from different perspectives of something, whatever, whatever, whatever what was said on whatever they heard, right? Sure. I feel like with us being podcasters or whatever, um, just anybody being podcasters, we have a mic in front of us so people can hear something we say and dislike and then take it and then go on whatever. And then yes, but also just to, just to, just to, to defend the, the people for a second, okay. we did create these public forums mm-hmm. for these conversations to be had. So like, you know, while somebody did not message you personally, yeah. they reached out in a space that they believe was something that you built mm-hmm. for conversation to be had, whether or not you participate in 50 people yeah. commenting in the comment section yeah. and dogpiling on you or whatever you felt like might've happened. They went to this, your space. Okay. They might not have went to you personally, yeah. but they went to your space. Right. But I feel like, okay, that's fine. But, it was something that I said specifically, though me. Yes, and I mean they go to that's that's fine. I mean, you go to the page and say whatever, but it's fine. But but I feel like doing that and then going like, oh, this person said this, and then caps, and then this, and it's like, I'm I just I just I don't feel like that if somebody says something, that's just that's the person they are, and that's how they truly feel, right? Sure. So the whole like that whole like Sophia dating or whatever. Uh huh. My daughter's sick. My daughter's yeah, sick. Yeah, dog. it was it was jokes. My you're, daughter's you're, turning you're, sick. Yeah, you're just yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm not. That's something I'm not thinking about right now. Yes. Right. So yes. it's like, it's like I feel like people. So you don't even have a, you don't even have a philosophy I, about it at this point. This you is just, my first you just, daughter. You bro. just you just were you just were talking. We was and, just talking and, and saying things that you have have heard Seen, and grown up and just just yes. watching TV or whatever. It's but like, but do you understand in the conversations that were being had? Yeah. The problematic. I get that. nature of those thoughts, but that's that's my. But point, you're not though. even. You, but you don't even have a formula yet because your daughter's because she's six. six. She started turning six years so old. So you don't even. I ha- don't have. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't have. I don't have an older daughter. Was like I've been through this already. Yes. I yeah. don't have. I can't talk from experience because I haven't been there. Yes. Would I threaten somebody's son? No. Why? I also have a son. Yes. Yes. Why would I want them to do that to my son? Like yes. it's like. It's like it's like come on, man. But you gotta see, you gotta understand. You take the good with the bad with this because yeah. you know what we say is a double edged sword on this microphone. Like you could say something that could really change somebody's day in a really positive way, and you could say something that could really send somebody off the rails. And you happen to do that, but that's okay. what happens when you're you're talking into a microphone. Yeah, but we're not we're not Oprah or fucking Wendy Williams or some shit like that. But like this is a platform. People hear this. That's I, I get that. But if, but I'm saying <laughs> thousands. Of I, yeah. People. I, <laughs> but I'm saying it's. But it's okay to disagree. To, it's Absolutely. okay. It's okay with that to yes. have. Some, it's an opinion. It's okay. It's fine. But but just to push back with you on that, mm-hmm. what we were discussing, I don't think that women, in particular, mm-hmm. which are a large swath of right. our audience, yeah, think that this is a an opinion based thing or a, a agree to disagree. It's like some people pull guns on their 
kids and some people. It's, it's, it but was I'm what not, they were, and it was triggering to them as people who might have grown up with parents like this, grown up with fathers like this. So it wasn't like a, oh yeah, well some people raised their their daughters this way and others raised their daughters this way. I think that they were just feeling like what we were talking about and what you were describing, even though we were just talking off of the cuff, you have no philosophies. Your daughter's right. six years old. Dating is not even a, you don't have a right. a thought of what you're going to do when your daughter starts dating. But you just were just spitballing things that you've seen and heard right. on TV but, growing up. And, okay, but my, coming back at you with that is, I don't, I don't, I'm speaking on my, my personal experience. I'm talking about myself. I'm not talking about how other people you know, uh, um, parenting their child, right? Sure. People had different ways of parenting their child, but yes. I'm not. I'm. I wasn't going. I wasn't speaking on how maybe that's what I need to be better at. I'm not. I'm not looking at it as what other people went through their tragedy. I mean, you know, their you know experiences, or whatever. I'm not. I'm looking at. It, I'm talking about me. Right. But here's another question. Because okay. here's another question. Right. I don't have children. Right. Now there's a school of of parent mm-hmm. that's like, don't tell me how to raise my kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Now, if 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 you are, your daughter's six. Your mm-hmm. son is one. He'd be two. two. Yeah, he'd yeah. So, two. Toddlers, both of them. Right. If somebody with experience as one of those, uh, an adult, but I was, I was your daughter. I was mm-hmm. six, and my dad did this, that, and the third. Can you accept constructive criticism that might help that, you become a better parent? But that's what, I, but that's what I'm saying though. But like, you're saying the way that it came out, the way it came out, feel like I it was constructive. Exactly. In a lot of the ways, it was more like a bash. It was like. Got you. This this friend, I was like, that's what I'm not. I'm not. I'm now. This is. I'm not coming at anybody. No, I'm no. Just, I'm yes. just. I'm just saying how I feel. Cause Absolutely. Because I, I don't. This is something I don't do a lot. And when I feel like I need to, then I will. Sure. So it's like, and you have a lot of to. right. A lot of listeners are older than us. Yes. They have their children are older. If they go, I think that's that's fine. You yes. can. I have two children, both under. They one's about to turn six. I don't. I'm still learning at this. Yes. Right. So as far as Sophia dating, I'm not there yet, and I won't be there no time soon. So I'm not even not even think about that. Yes. Would I threaten some? Like I said, would I threaten somebody's son? No. Like yes. I don't. I have a son. Why would I want somebody to do that? Absolutely. I don't. I don't even own a gun. <laughs> I don't even like guns. Yes. Why would I? You know why would I? Do, it was just we was having an organic conversation, and it was it, it was it was in joke. the topic. The topic yes. had involved guns. That and was I, the story. Right. And, yeah. I, and, and I we're talking about bad boys too. Exactly. I'm just yeah. on here saying like I don't want people to. To use terms where it's like it describes me as a person because I'm not. Yes, right. I I would agree. I only pushed back. I, I I let people have the conversation. Yeah. But when there were people who I can't tell whether or not somebody has children or not from their picture. But if I saw somebody that was young and mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't have if you don't have kids you don't know the the lines and sometimes right. people would say stuff along the lines of like if you think like ba 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 then you shouldn't have kids right and that is disrespectful because you do have kids right. so it's like it's like well what are you saying you right, know because exactly. like you you do he does have kids yeah so what are you saying like he shouldn't have his kids right so when that when i saw comments like that i would step up and kind of just re restate what you meant even yeah if it wasn't if it wasn't uh put out that way and wasn't received that way i just was saying we were talking about a very specific conversation right. we're not talking about uh, you know, being sexist towards women or, Never. or keeping women down, right. exactly. or threatening and that's, women, and that's, that's or the not point believing I'm trying to make. women. It went to, but that's the thing is, we're two men in a very women dominated space, and so when you, it's like when you when you peel a layer back from the orange, for a woman, the, it, it can reveal the whole orange. Yeah. So you you were just saying like, my daughter, I'm I'm here to protect my daughter, and made some jokes about threatening and, and, and whatever, right? About your daughter. Yeah. But a, a girl hears that and hears 
misogyny right. and 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 not believing women and 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 the patriarchy and how men get away with this and women the double standard we talked about for a yeah, second yeah. It, it it like it it reaffirms all of these toxic things mm-hmm. and they they I think that and a lot of people put all of that on you yeah. for the thing that you said even yeah. though it wasn't you didn't say all of that but they attributed all of it to you because right. it because it triggered a lot of people right and but, and that and that's fine and that's where you go. That's where you come to me and go. You know, I don't like what you said. Yes. And you educate me, and I go now. Okay, I get it. I yes. get. I, I I don't have any sisters. I I was raised, but I have four brothers. Yes. All men. You know. That's, yeah. that's You know. That's all I know. So it's like, if and also also I just want to jump in and defend yeah. you one more time. The things that Fran said are not Fran's thoughts. This is society. These. This is. This is what a lot of men think and I just, say I, and so act I didn't pull this out on. my you ass. Know, yeah, like, exactly. I, like there are dudes that have 16 year old kids daughters right now who have the gun in their waistband when they open the door for the, for their, for their date, for their yeah. daughter. This is not something that Fran pulled out of his ass. Like he said, this is society. Fran is just a reflection yeah. of society. So anything that, you know, when you're just like, we were just talking, like you're just pulling shit out of things that you've seen in the world. Yeah. You know, so again, I just wanted to make that clear for people. And and again, I think that it. I think that when when tempers boil down, they realize that oh, this is this is Fran is talking society. Yeah, he's not just talking Fran philosophies right. about the world. Right. This is what we've been programmed to think as men. Right. Exactly. It's like yeah, hey, well, my daughter's not allowed to date till she's thirty, and if you come over to her house, my house, I'm gonna sit you down in the basement with all the lights off, and I'm gonna make sure that the fear of God is put in you. Right. And then somebody people brought up a good rebuttal to that which is that like you just said you have a son and would you want somebody to do that to your son but you're not thinking about any of that because your daughter's six exactly and your son is two and then what's going to happen when she turns 16 17 I, I i'm here as a parent to guide her and make have her do the, to make the best decisions she can yes she's going to sophie is going to do what she wants when she get older she's going to make this it's nothing i can do yes so me saying that stuff is like that girl's going to do what she wants when she get older and and that's going to be it i'm just here to make sure she makes the right decision yes and not Make the wrong decisions. Absolutely. Right? But the reason why I wanted to get on here and talk about that is like us, I feel like, you know, we're here to on this platform to say some stuff and then I we do this for fun, man. Yes. I come on here and talk about the reason why I'm not coming on here to talk about friends. I come on here to talk about the cases that people's that change people's lives. Yes. And to get the word out. That's why I come on the show. Admittedly, I am trying to pull that more of that out of you. I will admit that openly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, but and yes, that, yes, and yes. That's, I and get that's that. cool. But yeah. I'm just saying like when like just like I said in general, in front of mics, we say stuff people want to agree with. We don't have not saying that we want to, we don't have the advantage to go hold a mic in front of listeners' mouths all day. Yeah. To for them for, to wait to hear something they say that that other people may disagree with for us Absolutely. to pull it and go Absolutely. Hey, we don't like what you said about this. Yes. But that's the nobody's gonna feel sorry for you for having a platform. You know I, what I mean? I understand that. Like understand it's, that. it's one of those kind of things where it's like whether you felt dog piled or not, it was coming from a place of those people were hurt. I, I you know, like I it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't like they just were like cancel friend. Yeah, he, yeah. he said a thing that we don't we disagree with. It was like coming from a place of real experience, right? right? And I get that. But at the same time, I do agree with what you just what you just said was a good point. It's like how many times a day do you? random person listening to this moment of the podcast say something that there's nobody there to check you about or thousands of people hundreds of people aren't going to come and say hey actually you said that word the wrong way we don't say that word anymore or your philosophy on this is wrong and instead of me correcting you or telling you in a positive way i'm gonna just bash you and and really say some negative things towards you 
you know, so again, nobody's going to feel sorry for you for having a platform. Okay. But yeah. it, it is important to understand that you do have one. And I think that it's super cool that you came in here, you told me to stop the music and you wanted to address it up front. Because I didn't even think I was going to address it at all. Yeah. Because... You know, um, I didn't, I didn't know what your, I didn't know what you saw. I didn't know what your feelings were going to mm -hmm. be on it, and I, and I appreciate that, even though I, clearly it affected you in a negative way. Yeah. At least you heard the sentiments. Yeah. It wasn't and didn't just feel attacked. Yeah. Because that's the important part. Even though it wasn't done, I like to think that we've created a space where we can have a constructive conversation and grow. Even when we fuck up and say the wrong thing, we can still have a constructive conversation and learn why what we said was fucked up, and then we've come out of the other side better people right but if you still came out of the side out of the other side a better person and understood where people were coming from even if it had a little bit of spice on it yeah because there were some constructive conversations there were some people that had your back and there I, were some people I, who I, were I spicy. That, but i'm just i'm just saying that well, but the spice was the, the, yeah you, the, the, the spice is what i was like okay i gotta come in here and say something about it because sure. it's like okay like I said, people are going to disagree, and that's fine. I'm and I and I will listen. I will go. Okay, now I have to look at it from this perspective. Absolutely. But the the person that saying something also had to look at it from my perspective and go. Okay, I see why he's. I heard, I saw some people saying that the reason I'm the reason I'm looking at the reason why he said this is because of this. Yes. And I feel like that person should have been like, I got to also look at it from that his position. Yes. And go. Yeah, he has a a, a six year old daughter and a two year old son, and what he said was just something he because he's seen. I have I don't have the experience. It was like. If I come over here and say, like, oh, you know, Sophie, if I came over here and was like, oh, Sophie ain't dating until uh, she's 17 now. She's not dating until she's that's that's, that's my wife and kids. That's bad boys, too. Yes. That's just that's just the that's the thing that you've been taught to regurgitate. Yeah. yeah. That's the society that we live in. Yeah. Now, the 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 messed up part is that you are not at an age where you're even worried about that stuff. Sophia's fucking playing with whatever Peppa pigs or whatever yeah. kids do right now. <laughs> yeah. And, but on the other side of that, which is why you got the energy that you got, what is a woman doesn't have the ability to just be like, Oh, I just think some archaic thing from television and whatever. Humpty dum. Like yeah. I, I think it, I say it, whatever. Right. Cause they have to actually live it. Right. Exactly. If their father yeah. actually thinks that shit, they can't go outside yeah. at, after seven 30 or they can't go anywhere yeah. or, you know, whatever. It's just the toxicity. They have to exist in it where you can go right now. I'm just, I don't even know what I think, but I'm just going to say this. And then hopefully, cause that's what they're hearing. Hopefully, as he gets older, he doesn't actually believe that, but they don't know that because yeah. they don't know us. Right. Whatever people think, they might think whatever they think, they don't know us. Right. They might think they know us or whatever. So when it's like almost like, you know, you're a character to some mm -hmm. to a lot of people. Yeah. What you said last week was such a difference in your character. Like yeah. you went from you went from being Jim from the office yeah. to like Dwight. Yeah. And it was very jarring for a lot mm -hmm. of people because they just didn't think that you would think something like that and you don't right and that's because you that, don't think that, anything and about that's what it I said because you're six years old. and that's what i'm saying like i don't I, my name won't be attached to, to descriptions like that because that's not who i am yes, yes. and that's that was my whole point point. it was like some stuff i saw and it's like a couple i'm not going to go into what was said or whatever but just some stuff as I, I went like okay i gotta come in and say something because so they're throwing dirt on your name they don't yeah and that's and that's not and that's not how i roll i don't do yes. that absolutely so, understandable yeah. man well, well, happy birthday to you. Yeah. And Thank you. um and uh, again, I appreciate you stepping right into it and um getting right to it and not shying from it because yeah. it was cuz it was it was a lot of conversations happening. <laughs> and but I I think that that's good. I don't want to be the shock jock podcast that yeah. comes on and says shit that gets people riled up, but if 
if we ever say something that starts an interesting conversation, I'm not mad at that. Right. I think that because this is a platform where it's a lot of women listening, I think that it's good for them to hear. Because here's the thing. I, I talked about this with Amanda Jacobson when we when we did uh, Down by the Creek. Um, there's a lot of dudes out there who just tell women what they want to hear. Mm. But, it, but when they're in a room full of dudes, talk a whole different way. Yeah. So we could that women don't see that women don't see. Yeah. So we could come on this podcast and I know how to, I know how to say the things that like are the PC thing to say. Yeah. But I want to be real and honest and open. So I want to, I want to, if, if something comes into my brain that I'm like, I haven't fully formulated this. I don't really know. Let's just see where it goes. I want to have the freedom to do that. And if I fuck up or say something weird or, or wrong, I want the I want the space and the grace to be able to fix it. But what I don't want is some space where we're just like saying whatever women want want to hear. Yeah. And 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 that's how and, that's what that and, conversation was about. It wasn't it was that conversation was organic and it was yes. it was real. I don't want to disillusion women. Right. I want I want women to I want their I want their ears to be spiked up from time to time because we are two men. Yeah. So they should know what two men sound like when they're talking openly and honestly. Now, admittedly, Despite what happened last week, Fran and I are very progressive men. Yeah. Like this, you're not going to hear too much like locker room talk on this podcast, but there there are remnants and things that we don't even know is locker room talk, right? That we'll say and just be chill and comfortable talking about, and then you'll get a, a response later on from like what comment, happened with me, like what happened with yeah. you, right? And I think that that's good, right? Because there, like I said, there are a lot of women functioning in these echo chambers in these spaces where mm-hmm. there are dudes wearing pussy shirts and pussy hats and feminists and but a lot of these dudes are doing that to have sex with women mm-hmm. you know what i mean there's yeah. a lot of bullshit out there yeah. and i'd rather you get 90 percent of an ally with 10 percent of misogyny just because society raised me that way i don't yeah. know what is misogynistic and whatever than me just tell you a hundred percent bullshit yeah and i don't even believe it right i just telling you what you want to hear to exactly. feel good to feel good and maybe 90s a stretch i don't know if we're 90 percent saying what women would agree with but i'm just saying whatever we are saying the women agree with is real yeah we're not on here just saying it to bullshit with you anything that we say that you disagree with is real anything that we say that you agree with is real and i think that that's way healthier and way and leaves way more space for growth and conversation than to just come on here and you get to hear whatever you want that's what we're going through in this country right now all the people who are conservatives and watch Fox Fox News. Now Fox News isn't telling them everything that they want to hear. So they go watch this bullshit station Newsmax. Because oh, they don't want to hear new the shit. Yeah, it's some new shit oh, where okay. they tell you every what you want to hear. Oh shit. Okay. The Donald Trump's coming back. The election was stolen. Mm. That's it's all he's coming back in August. All of that type of shit, right? Mm. So I don't want to be Newsmax. Yeah. I don't want to just <laughs> you just you just come on here and you just hear everything that you hear you agree with and all that shit. I'm not trying to be that. Yeah. I, if you agree with me, cool. But if you don't, that's great. Let's right. have a conversation about it. Exactly. Let's see where we can meet in the middle. Yeah. I pull from what you say. You pull from what I say. And now we have a new idea. Yeah. That's how that's that's how things are created in this world. Right. But the the bad thing is the disagreeing the disagreement is what I is, is what I have a problem with. Like how how you disagree. How you disagree. It's like okay, that is perfectly fine. Everybody's gonna have. What they believe, but you know we believe. live in a world now, friend, where it's like they want to get you. But that's they what want, I'm. They that's, want, like, and that's the part that bothers they wanna, me. They want to make sure you feel this, the stab, and, the knife. They right. want the knife to go in underneath the rib, and and uh. and that right. I get that, and right, and that's the part I hate, and that's what, and that's why I brought up was like we don't, I, we don't have that advantage to do that. Yes. So, but 
to end it all, the, whoever I can't remember the person name that that made the, the status or whatever that sparked this whole thing. Mm-hmm. My my words to you was I appreciate you for checking me on that because that's how we learn. Yes, I'm not I'm not I'm not going at you or bashing you for what you said. Do I disagree with some of the stuff you said? Yes, that it was testing my name. Yes, yes, that's what I had a problem with. But but it growing up, it opened up a, a conversation right. to grow growing, growing and then learning. Going okay, I got to look at it from this per, this person's perspective. Is 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 what I I I will take in. I'll go okay. I was. Some of the stuff I said was wrong was is because I've what I've seen and heard, but now I didn't look at it from this way, but now I should, and I learned from that. Yes. And that's where we move on, and that's it. Yeah. I think that that was beautifully put, friend. I, I like I said, I appreciate you coming on and, and being honest and raw about that because um that's good, man. If yeah. you're affected by something, you come out, you say something, and maybe you start a new conversation with what you just said, you know? And maybe going forward, people now know. Oh, friends, DMs are open to conversation as opposed to now. I, I'm not telling people don't have open talks and, and forums about yeah. things, but you could do both. You could have that open talking forum and then approach Fran and say, hey, this, this really offended me how you said this. And I would like to let you know that uh, this is why. And hopefully that helps you grow as a person. Yep. because people do it to me. I really feel like because of what you said a few minutes ago about you come on here to talk about the cases and 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 not Fran. Mm. I don't I don't know if people feel like you're available. I'm not so I get a lot I'm of not that. available. Alvin's <laughs> Alvin's Diaz is available. I'm not available. So I get a lot of the things where it's like, hello Alvin. Also this is for Fran too. Uh, uh, please let Fran know. It's like you know he exists, right? Like he's, he's a person. I don't <laughs> exist. <laughs> I don't exist. So in summation, the point is hit Fran up in those DMs. Let him know your feelings, your your your, your negative thoughts, your positive thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Help him grow as a person yes. and leave it out, uh, leave it out of mind. Yes, but don't hit me with no ridic. Some <laughs> some stuff I just I won't reply. I was like, man. So listen, um, I know you you said it was root beer, but yeah. it's actually root cola. I just yeah. wanted to let you know that people don't say root beer anymore. It's like, get the fuck out yeah, of here. I don't care. Red. <laughs> red. Red at <laughs> 630. <laughs> anyway, friend. Uh, yeah. Th- th- that, was, that was really awesome. Let's go ahead and jump into these Patreon shout outs before we get into some fucked up shit. That's right, y'all. Happy birthday, friends. This is black people. Happy birthday. <laughs> fuck that. Uh... uh Open, everybody can say it everywhere, communal space song. This is the real happy birthday song. Let me turn that down a little bit. Mm, you hear the baseline friend? Yeah. Okay. Up first, we're going to start with... Nope, 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 because I already said her. Mm. Yep, okay. We're going to go here. Somebody might get some double shout-outs, because I don't know exactly where we start. We're going to start with Rachel T. Shout out. No, that was Rachel Tension. I said it last night. Yeah. That was yep. Rachel Tension. I think she was, she was the last one. Uh, we're going to start with <laughs> Heidi J. Okay. She took that money. It was in, it was in hiding, Fran. She took it mm. out of her pocket. She gave it to us to get some extra content thank you Heidi shout out to you Heidi J up next we got Anna M shout out to Anna M Anna M has hit me up with on some really informative things in my DMs to help me yeah. Not 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 to hurt me. Yeah. So I appreciate Anna and, and yep. she she included you in, in some of those messages as well to say, okay. hey, give this to Fran too. Cool. But I know you're busy. Yeah. So I just go ahead and I take that on and, and, and come on and discuss yeah. it here. I'm busy doing nothing. Well, you know, it's cool. <laughs> yes, up next. Well, don't tell them that. You're busy, man. You're busy. Uh up next we got we got Amethyst. Ooh, that's ooh, a gem. Mm. Okay, we got Amethyst. Amethyst is uh mm, Damn. Uh, amethyst is uh, like this purple gem. We got a we got a couple amethysts down amethyst. in the basement. Yeah, it's like a purple gem. They sell it. They sell it mm. at. Um, is that her name? His name? I don't know their name. I don't know what. I, but it looks like a, a a picture of a, a Pikachu. If that's your name, that's awesome. 
Yeah, Amethyst is it's, uh, They sell it at Anthropology, That store where all those hipster girls That don't uh, shave their armpits go okay. uh, um, So shout out to Amethyst You know, it's very That's a very like um, Spiritual and, and, and energetic name Shout out to Amethyst Up next we got another Oh no, she, she also messaged me Anna accidentally made two accounts So okay. she gets double shout outs Ooh. You know, so shout out to Anna M I don't have air horns on hand But you know, Anna shout out to you but, hey, you know, There's no such thing as a coincidence There's no yeah. such thing as a coincidence Anna's a double patron First in ever history Shout out, yeah. to, shout out to Anna That's the first person To ever do that yeah. Number one You're on the list twice Shout out to Anna M I don't even know How she pulled that off It's like it's a hack. You don't hit three times Yeah I mean shit Triple up <laughs> you know? uh, Up next we got Tia H It's not your birthday But I'm sorry I'm just throwing off this song I'm showing love to my boy uh, Shout out to you Tia H uh, It's a picture of a black a dog Shout out to Tia H Up next we got Ren- Renee Jones Reen See I'm used to Renee Having two E's And a little thing Over one of the E's yeah. So I'm going to say it's still Renee, and you just do it different where you're from. Shout out to Renee J. Uh, and lastly, we got Carol. No, nothing. Mm. Could be Carol Baskins. Could be Carol from The Walking Dead. So you won't fuck up. True. That's yeah. true. Yes. Yeah, people people, putting, in, people putting in fail safes. They, yeah. don't, I don't want, they don't want their uh, name revealed. Yeah. They want to keep their anonymity. Well, a- well, anyway, Carol was the last one. Thank you to all of you for uh, thank supporting you, thank us. You, thank oh, you. Stevie's going off. Yeah. Thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. We got more content coming soon. We just got to get through this move. Got to get my roots replanted. And then uh, we're going to go from there. Thank you so much to everybody who supports the podcast yep. and um, for, for helping us grow all, all these years. Yes. And like I said, well, I haven't said it this episode, but we are going to Vegas next year. CrimeCon, you have not gotten your tickets yet. Feel free to go onto the CrimeCon website and at checkout, use the promo code AFFIRMATIVE yes. and get 10% off your, um, I don't want to say how much, because I don't know. I don't want a lot of people. But yeah, you get a discount. You get yeah. some kind of discount. And you can come see us, hang out in Vegas. Can't wait. Fran will be accessible in Vegas. Yes. We can if, go you, and- if you see somebody pull up in a yellow, a yellow Lamborghini, it's me. He's very he's it's very me. excited about renting cars and staying in suites. <laughs> he wants to do things very big in Vegas. Yes. Um, but we're going to get him on a karaoke stage. That is my word. We're going to get this guy on a karaoke stage in Vegas. It's going to be a blast. My birthday weekend. Yep. It's going to be a fun time all around. Yep. So come kick it with us in Vegas, man. It's going to be a blast. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's time to get into fucked up shit so stick around enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome back. It's my turn to go first this week. My affirmative murder this week, story's a little different this week, is about Rafael Perez. Any relation to Rosie Perez? No, no, no. He changed his name to Ray Lopez Okay. in the later years, latter years, but his, 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 his birth name is Rafael Antonio Perez. Perez. The Snooky Brothers, the, the Snooky Brothers <laughs> are coming. So Perez was born in Puerto Rico in 1967, mm-hmm. moved to Brooklyn, New York in 1972, 
And some months later, he moved to Patterson, New Jersey, and then he would eventually move to Philadelphia, PA. Mm. Perez graduated from high school in 1985 and enlisted in the United States Marine Corps, where he was stationed in Maine and California. He was hired by the LAPD after leaving the, the military in 1989. Prior to this, he had been a reject and passed over for hiring by background investigators from several other departments in Southern California. Like military departments? Military departments by uh, somewhere in LAPD Got department. It. Private security yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So he also looked and acted in gang-like manner. What does that mean? He was he was brown? No, he or was just... just Tatted up or from the streets. Got it. Got from it. From the streets. He, ne- he never um, assimilated. He yeah, just... it reminds me of uh, what's what's the football player name? What's his name? Hernandez. Oh, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. It was like yeah, football player, but it was like I still want to be off the, respected off the, in the streets. Yeah, off the field. Yeah, he was. A I'm, I'm in. I'm in. The, I'm in. The, I'm in. The, I'm in the trenches. Yeah. Not to get off topic, <laughs> but when you go back, Aaron Hernandez used to. He had a. He would bury a body. When he would score touchdowns, sometimes Nuts. like he would dig a grave, that was his, that was his and then like pile the dirt, like dig a fake grave and then dig pile the dirt back around in the grave. Yeah, and then you look back after all the shit happened, you go, "Oh, this motherfucker was tough. again." <laughs> I brought this up many times. Was like those type of things. The signs are right there the whole time. It's right, and we don't. And then we don't. In hindsight, we go, "Oh shit!" Okay, he was talking to somebody when he did that. That was a message. I, I just thought man, he was burying the no, competition. That's crazy, man. Yeah, no, he crazy. was like the whole time on. National television, yeah. burying body, and we, we was like, "That's, that's a cool, awesome. that's yeah, a cool that's celebration." Cool, man. Where did he come up and with that one? Muscle, you go, "Oh shit!" Damn, I don't know. He was he was literal. <laughs> he was he told us, yeah. <laughs> and we were cheering <laughs> for a celebration. That's gotta be. Now. But think about the psychology <laughs> of that, right? Like you clap somebody horribly, like your friend, oh, bury him, and then yeah. it stands like forty thousand people. <laughs> Put more dirt on the body. I mean that's correct. You feel like God. Yes. Oh, that's that's like some gladiator shit, bro. That's wild. Yes, that's crazy. He married Lori Charles in August on August 9th, nineteen eighty five. In nineteen eighty eight, they moved to Los Angeles from Kittery, Kittery, Kittery Maine, mm-hmm. after the closure of the Marine Barracks Marine Barracks at the Portsmouth Naval Shipyard. The couple split up in nineteen eighty nine after Lori discovered that Perez cheated on her with another Marine. He lived alone in nineteen ninety two in Chino Hills. The, the two officially divorced in 1993 when he married his second wife, LAPD dispatcher Denise Aubrey. In 1998, the two settled in Los Angeles. So after serving on routine patrol duties, Perez was transferred to, to a narcotics unit in 1992. In 1995, he was transferred to Rampart Division and assigned to Crash. Mm. So Crash is the community resources against street hoodlums. And they was just specialized in LAPD task force that combining that combating gang related um, crimes. Street since hoodlums. Nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. <laughs> it's so <laughs> like, generic and bland. Right. Like that's clearly like a sixty five year old white man came up with that. The, yeah. the chief hoodlums. Hoodlums. Who even uses that word? Yeah. I, but I guess they did it for the acronym though. Yeah, it's a good. It's a, no. Yeah. Admittedly, it's a dope. Ac- it's <laughs> yeah. a dope acronym. Yeah. A lot of the acronyms that I see when police task force units. They make sure that it like implies violence, mm-hmm. like it's like crash, this that and third. Oh, yeah, it all yeah, means yeah, someone's yeah, like you, yeah. bust. Yeah, 
breaking up street violence t- tactfully. Yeah. But it all like me. It all the word is like aggressive, right? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. That, that's it's like it's like a. Uh, I guess it's easy to remember. I guess it's easy to way. remember, but it's also like a, a double entendre. It's like mm, it's like yeah. not double entendre. Whatever it is, where it's like it, it's it says this. It 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 says it violent, but then the acronym is like. Peacefully helping the community adjust to violence and, and protect the neighborhood. Yeah, so it's like break. Yeah, you know, you know, all you know. So it's it's, it's interesting. Yeah. crash street. Hustles. Yeah, crash. Um, an anti gang unit given a long leash by the LAPD. By long the LAPD. leash. Yeah, long leash. Huh? So yeah, Perez gained a reputation as a tough and effective officer, valued for his fluency in Spanish and his knowledge of LA gangs. Mm. On October 12, nineteen ninety six, Perez and his partner Nino Durden shot and framed an unarmed gang member, Javier Ovando. Oh, wow. Ovando was left paralyzed and was sentenced to 23 years in, pr- in prison based on the officer's false testimony. So they said, like, he shot first or something like that. That guy. Yeah. So he got paralyzed and sentenced to 23 years in prison. Yep, framed that man. Wow. Yep. And also, 96, this is, like, late 80s into the mid-90s is, like, the height of L.A. gang culture. This oh, is when yeah, Boys yeah, in the Hood yeah, came yeah. out. Yep. You know, this is like huge. This is a major time. That movie where Samuel Jackson is the teacher, and then he, I don't know if you saw this one, Samuel Jackson was a teacher in like a, a Latino neighborhood, mm-hmm. and he got into like, he was, you know, he's trying to do that thing where the teacher comes and like saves the, the kids mm-hmm. and makes them, uplifts them. Yeah. And there was this one kid who was like a savage. I can't remember his name. And he fucking cut this kid's finger off, and oh man, they got into this war between each other. I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was so good. It was like crazy. It was like, he didn't like that this this guy was coming in trying to save the girls that he liked from being his girls mm-hmm. and make them believe that they could be better. Oh, that was, it was like Freedom Riders, but dark. Oh shit! It was I crazy don't know about that movie. Yeah, I, it was, I can't remember the name of it. Somebody let me know in the comments. Nice, nicely. Yeah, they were like, first of all, you fucking idiot. The name of the movie is da da da, and don't fuck it up. I again. thought you knew movies. <laughs> it's like, damn. <laughs> I couldn't think of a movie name. Oh, someone talks about all the streaming services but doesn't know Samuel Jackson's 1993 hit, Saving the Students. Fucking guy, I think he knows all the movies. He don't know that one. Yeah. (laughs) On August 25th, 1998, Perez, then age 31, a nine-year veteran of the LAPD, was arrested for stealing six pounds of cocaine from a department property room. This dude was on some, this was a training day dude. Yeah, this was the dude that was like a cop, but using it to do dr- to do dark shit. Get that in mind, okay? Because thirty one, he's in nine years in. He went right into it. Yeah, straight from military training. Yeah. Oh, this dude's dangerous. Yeah, straight from being tr- paid millions of dollars by the United States government were spent to train him to be a weapon. Yep. And then he went right into f- the streets. Yeah. Wow. Yes. So the, the theft was originally suspected to be an attempt at framing fellow officer Frank Liger in retaliation for the shooting of Perez's friend, Kevin Gates. Kevin Gaines. Oh, so Kevin Gates is a very, it's Kevin a very Ga- Yeah, person. Kevin Gaines. So these Frank Liger and Kevin Gaines come up um, also later in my story. Kevin wow. Gaines was, was Frank's uh, friend. This is LAPD. This is LAPD. <sighs> Frank's friend, yeah. They got so, a reputation. Yeah. So the, so the cocaine was estimated to be worth, guess. Six pounds? Six pounds uh, of marijuana. Six pounds of cocaine. Yep. Oh, let's carry two, six pounds. How many? <laughs> yeah. Sure how many know. kilos is that? Six kilos. It's two point seven kilos. Two point seven kilos. Yes. Well, that's about one twenty-five. Eight hundred. Eight hundred thousand. Yes. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, you know. I'm, you, you know, I'm, but I'm a pedestrian now, so I don't really get. You know, yeah, it's sure. been, The prices have gone yeah. up. <laughs> you know, the you know, pandemic. You know. Yeah, so inflation. The, the cocaine. Eight hundred thousand dollars. Eight hundred thousand dollars on the street. So his in his December 1998 trial ended as a mistrial. 
to avoid a second trial and the possible conviction of his second of his second wife, who, uh, according mm. to authorities, may have known about Perez's illegal activities. Oh, no, may have about it. <laughs> she had fur. She had fur coats. They were going so? out. They. Oh yeah. He wasn't. This doesn't strike me as a guy who was being modest about his money. He definitely had a nice car. They had a nice house. His wife went out, went to Ruth's Chris, got some steaks in her. Mm. She she knew that this wasn't a cop salary. This the, them living this lavishly. They, how, how, you don't know that though. I can tell, bro. You can tell eight hundred thousand. You think this is the first? This is what he got caught doing. Yeah. Oh yeah, true, true, true. There true. were other ones he didn't get yeah. caught doing. <laughs> How you know, man? You don't know that. So you, you think this is the first time he just was like, <laughs> hell just no. steal this cocaine no, for the first no, time no, ever. Hell no. Nah, this no. Is, he got caught doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah, so authorities may have known. They said according to authorities, she may have known about Perez's illegal activities. When I to- on September 8th, 1999, he cut a plea bargain with authorities. And his plea bargain, um, he revealed that uh, the Rampart scandal, and the Rampart scandal is... Um, is involved is it involved widespread police corruption in the community, which is crash. Mm-hmm. So that's all that's all together in one thing. So crash is the rampart scandal. Yes. So Perez exposed yes the crash in order to help him with the yes. got it. Okay. Yep. So on November 6, 19, 1997, fellow crash officer David Mack and two accomplices stole seven hundred twenty-two thousand dollars during a robbery at a Bank of America branch near the University of Southern California campus. Now well, they just robbed a bank. They robbed up. a bank. I don't know if Perez was um, in on this. Uh huh. But he knew about it. But he knew. I'm. He he had to know. Bro, about I'm it. telling you. This, and it was his. It was his fellow uh, fellow officer in the crash. So Perez was in the crash unit as well. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. So this was like you know how in the, the this is going to get a little nerdy. Yeah. But in the Grand Theft Auto game, they got that heist mode. Hold that. Hold that. Okay. Well, you can go. Okay. I'm, I'm also bringing that up. Because what I'm saying is. It's like they were all in the unit, but like they mm-hmm. will, two of them will go do this thing and go, that's their money. Yep. And then, you know, Perez is going off and doing his thing. And yep. then they all come and trade stories and they all know like, oh yeah, we do fucking savage shit. Yeah. That's crazy, yeah. man. I'll bring that up in a little bit. These are police officers, yeah. bro. Yeah, man. And then the same thing happened. This is the thing with these, these like, u- these little specialty units that they create. Mm-hmm. We had the gun trace task force here yep. and you give them a long leash, quote unquote. So I didn't like that. Yeah. It, it, what you're saying is you don't have to operate under the, the law that mm-hmm. anybody has to operate and on top of that you also are a police officer yeah so you don't have to operate under any of the rules of a citizen and you also get to operate under like police rules which is like you're infallible whatever you say happen happen and all that so not only do you not have to follow the rules but if you get caught not following the rules you can make the story whatever you want it to be yeah so the so even if let's say the gun trace task force which I, i listened to a podcast about the gun trace task force here in baltimore and it it outlined how the gun trace task force was just the 15th name in in decades. They just changed the name all the time. And it's it's a different task force. And this task force gets to go do this, that, and the third, which all it means is they get to go into these inner city communities where drugs are being sold and rob drug dealers Mm. under the guise of the war on drugs. And keep it? No, what what it is is they find 100... This was before cameras, probably when it before cameras, they kept all they kept everything. Yeah. Oh, we just found all the drugs. There was yeah. no money here. But now they got the body cams on. So what they do is click it, cut the body cam off, get their story right. They found $150,000. When the camera comes back on, all right, guys, there's $75,000 in here. Nobody touched this $75,000. But they didn't already all put eight grand in their pocket, split it up. That's crazy. And then they turn in 75 into evidence. And that's a Monday. They should, they might, fix, they they should might. fix that though. The, the camera thing, I don't, I, don't, I don't like that. I get you should be able to turn it off and use the bathroom and shit, but I mean, like, you could just turn it off and cut it back on. No, but the thing, is, the thing is, you shouldn't be able to. T- I don't think you should be able to turn it off to do anything because the, the footage is only going out unless you, if you murder somebody. 
They're only pulling your footage yeah. if you murder somebody. So yeah. I feel like they should just make it like every 24 hours, if nothing happens, d- delete it. Yeah. We aren't even going to watch the footage. Yeah. But if something happens, we recorded every moment of it. For you to, for them to have the 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 option to control when or not it's on, like it, it should just constantly be rolling. Right. I don't give a shit if you go take a piss and they, they catch your dick. If you didn't kill <laughs> anybody that day, they'll delete it. Yeah. It'll start fresh a new tape tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah, these these task force are wild. Yeah. Um. So again, David Mack and two accomplices stole seven hundred twenty-two thousand dollars during a robbery at a Bank of America. And these were these were officers. Yeah. Uh, bank so of not even bank. like a drug, like a drug house or something. Like no. A bank. Yeah. That's a bank, cr- that's a cr- bank of America. That's. Cr- <laughs> so according to the Tupac documentary Assassination Battle for Compton, citing official uh, uh, legal documents, a reliable jail informant by the name of Ken um, Boagni who befriended Rafael Perez in prison, stated Perez claimed the money stolen in the bank robbery was intended to um, intended to go to Harry Billups, also known as Amir Muhammad, who was a friend of Mac, for allegedly carrying out the murder of who? Biggie? Yep. Wow. Who allegedly carried out the wow. murder of rapper Christopher Wallace, known as Biggie Smalls. Wow. Billups had been paid in full by his contractors, named, namely Reggie Wright Jr. and David Keener, because he failed to also murder who? Tupac Shakur? No. Who was with him? Lil C's was with him. Oh, Diddy. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yep. So because he failed to mur- also murder Sean Combs, the second intended target, Boagni um, claimed- <laughs> Little C's? <laughs> Nobody gives Little a shit C's. fuck is that? Somebody put a hit out on Little C's. <laughs> <laughs> Boagni claimed both Perez and Mac were involved in the murder of Wallace, but Billups was the shooter. Wow. Yep. And does this crazy? Go- yeah. So does this lead back to Suge Knight? Yes. Okay, got it. Because so, a hit a hit was put out. Yeah, wow. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to read over some of the criminal charges that Perez also had. So in February 2000, Perez was sentenced to five years in prison for stealing eight pounds of cocaine from an LAPD evidence locker. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said that at, at his sentencing, Perez read a statement in which he said, I cheated on my wife, I cheated on my employer, and I cheated on all of you, the people of Los Angeles. Okay. Thanks. Right. <laughs> We forgive you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on July 24, 2001, due to his plea bargain, Perez was released from prison and placed on parole. Wow. Yeah. And December 17, 2001, uh, Perez pleaded guilty to new charges resulting from the shooting of Javier Ovando. He was charged with two felony counts, one conspiracy to violate Ovando's civil, route, civil rights, possessing a firearm with an eliminated serial number. I mean, this, this was a cop. This is a police officer. <laughs> and this this guy that you we're talking about, this is the guy that they paralyzed and framed? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Um, so possession well, good, of it's good that he got justice. Yeah, firearm with an, an eliminated serial number. The firearm was used as an evidence to frame Ovando. And he was sentenced on May 6, 2002, to serve two years in federal prison and re- was released in 2004. Uh, so Perez, who legally changed his name to Ray Lopez, uh, was arrested in July by, de- by the, the Department of Motor Vehicles. Investigators... While visiting his federal parole officer in Inglewood, Perez pleaded no contest to lying on his application for a California driver's license on June 30th, 2005. Perez was sentenced to an additional three years probation and 300 hours of community service. So after his release from prison, he settled with his family in Inglewood. Then in 2006, he had a second divorce with Denise. He then moved and lived in many cities like Redondo Beach and San Diego and had a series of different jobs. As of 2015, he's living in Chino Hills. That's where the balls are from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LeVar and all of them. Yeah. If that's the product, those dudes, if those dudes are the product of Chino Hills, 
I never want to go to Chino Hills. Never want to go to Chino Walking around talking about you could beat Michael Jordan basketball games oh, and I'm, I'm the Chino best Chino. basketball. Yeah. yeah, Chino Hills might be full of delusions. It's, a, good, people, it's a nice area, isn't it, though? It is. It's a suburban neighborhood. Mm. It's in, that's in L.A.? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I think it's like black suburbs. Mm, it's like okay. that, Ladera Heights. There's like some some places that are – there was that show on BET called <laughs> – I don't know why I know these things. There was a show called Baldwin Hills. And oh, no, was, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like a it was like a bunch of rich black kids. Yeah, oh yeah, it was I like remember a reality that show, yeah, show yeah, about yeah. a bunch of rich black kids. Yeah, yeah, I remember. that. So I guess Baldwin Hills is also in probably, and I bet Baldwin Hills, Ladera Heights, it's all in the same kind of area. Okay, so the credibility of Perez has been undermined by his testimony in several internal affairs investigations, in which three officers, including Brian Liddy, accused of crimes or misconduct, were found not guilty, or the charges were dropped. Uh, he has failed several lie detector tests and has made several errors in his testimony in the past. The issue of Perez's credibility has already led to at least five cases of either dropped charges or acquittals. Yep. So in March of 1997, influential rapper Christopher Wallace, who was known as Notorious B.I.G., was murdered in Los Angeles in a Los Angeles drive-by shooting. On April 16, 2007, Wallace's um, relatives filed a wrongful death suit against the city of Los Angeles former LAPD officer Rafael Perez and his partner, former officer uh, Nino Durden. The lawsuit was filed in Los Angeles Superior Court by Wallace's mother, his widow, Faith Evans, and two children. How do you sue a city? Like, what do you even sue a city for? I have no idea. Like, that number, if they won or settled, the undisclosed amount of money that they got was probably astronomical. Yeah. For a a person, his name was that he was that That's what I'm saying. Like, the, the loss of wages from this... Murder. And this dude was a part of the LAPD. <laughs> and that. Yes. And that's why I think that this, even the story that you're telling, even though you're not finished, but the reason that it falls into conspiracy territory is because I feel like the LAPD and the mainstream media did such a job mm-hmm. of making sure that this sounds crazy because it would, LAPD already had Rodney King. Yep. They already had a name of being this dangerous, you know, head busting unit, corrupt, all this stuff. This would have probably burned L.A. to the ground. Maybe yeah. not L.A. If, you mean if it would have came out that... That the LAPD killed yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the biggest rapper in the world? Yeah. They were the hit. They were hitmen yeah. for for Suge Knight? Crazy. I don't know if L.A. would have burned because he wasn't from there. But I, I, some, I mean, it would have it would have ruined... They probably don't have much of a community trust at all. I don't even I don't even know well, people, how you can make your reputation worse, but this yeah. wouldn't have helped, certainly. Yeah. Unless the people that, you know, were close to the situation know, they're like, oh, we we know exactly what, what went down, what happened, and how they're covering up as far as who killed uh, um Biggie Smalls. Yeah. And that's the thing though. Like I've heard this before. I've seen YouTube documentaries, but I've never seen a full like th- there's this is not the public story about I what happened. Heard, this is the first Smalls. time I heard this. Yeah, I've I, but I, that's the thing. I've heard People on YouTube videos talk about it. It's mm. not. It's not the. It's not the official story. The official story is like a drive-by. Yeah, like not, a, like a rival, this, like a rival shooting. Yes. Yeah. And that and that it might have been. They go right to Suge. Yeah. But like, what you're describing is a web of corruption. Yeah. That at the top of that is Suge Knight giving somebody a million dollars. And then it's like, okay, well, the, the whether it's the chief of the crash unit or whatever, it's like, hey, you go out and yeah. do this. When well, the 90s, it. he had that type of pool. Oh, Suge Knight was, oh yes. my God. There's a <laughs> Fat Joe, because I, yeah. love, I love rap true crime stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Fat Joe is a, a real gangster. Mm. For people who don't know, lean, the lean back guy, Fat Joe is like the real, the terror squad. Yeah. They have that name for a reason. Fat Joe is not a rapper. 
Yeah. All that is he is real. And he said he remembers going out to like the Source Awards in mm-hmm. 2001, 2002, and Suge Knight was coming through and just being like, hey, um, tell, I'm just using the T.I. Tell, tell to uh, meet me in the lobby, and I want all his jewelry. Damn. Like just run every rap. And it wasn't like we're going to beat you up. It was like, yo, we're robbing you, okay? I mean, he's terrifying. Yeah, and he had like eight <laughs> other bloods that were also big in big red flannels and yeah. dropped uh, convertibles and shit outside. He, he was a billionaire gangster. Yeah, he's like he was like literally like a Marvel character, like Fist. Yeah, he was like Fist. <laughs> he was Black Fist. You yeah. know how they made uh fucking uh what's that guy with three names that died? Rest in peace, the Green Mile. They had the Green Mile oh, okay. be the be Fist in yeah. the Daredevil movie. Mm-hmm. Suge Knight was actually Fist, and he was at the source. When Fat Joe, he said he was like. And Suge Knight was like, oh, Fat Joe, hey, man, respect, man. All right, um, can you tell Ja Rule, whoever, tell him uh, I got to see him. They were strong arm robbing people at an award show for rap awards, but not physically. It was like, you already know what we could do to you. So just take your jewelry off, whatever rings and money you got in your pocket, and go and put this in this bucket. Thank you. That's He would just come collect money from rappers, and you got to pay the L.A. tax. I'm the king of L.A. But Fat Joe got to pass, according to Fat Joe. I believe him. That's, I guess I don't know if you heard the story like the story Snoop told with Nas. I heard Nas is real too. Like in the streets, he was. He oh, was definitely real. in New York. Yeah, he was yeah. like it was a not even off, but he was like he told a story with him and Pac. He was like Pac was like, um, they said something and Nas was like, something man, I respect you." And then like after they talked, <laughs> Snoop said he like he's like I just I just I just read the room. I peeped the room. He was like after they talked, Pac was like, "Yeah, man, I bitched that nigga." Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I did. I, and yeah. then Snoop was like. No, he, no, he let did. he let you. He let you. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, and girl, I love yeah. stories like that's crazy. I remember, yeah, Snoop, I remember that because Snoop was like, it was just him and yeah. Pac, and Tupac. Notoriously, if if anybody knows anything about Tupac, yeah. was like never backed down from anybody. Right. But Nas was in a room with like thirty like <laughs> dudes wearing kufis and yeah. fucking you know because he rolls around like like Nation of Islam yeah, type yeah, of dudes. Yeah. And and Pac was still and they had beef. Him <laughs> yeah, and Nas, yeah. he, Pac had dissed him, and apparently Pac was like, "Yeah, I said what I said, yeah, whatever." Yeah, yeah. And Nas was like. I respect that man. Yeah. That's, I love that song, and then and then Pac walked away. I'm telling you, that's the, that that's such a that's a less like the tortoise in the hair, yeah. the Pac in the Nas. It's like you can be loud and bolsterous and feel like you have yeah. power, but the real power doesn't need to be stated. Yeah, but that's but that but the the way Nas Pac had was, the real power. Yeah, but the way man. Pac was that's what everybody that's what everybody saw and was like, oh yeah, he's this person. Yeah, but Nas was like, he was really about that life, but he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't. Plastering, he wasn't putting it everywhere for everybody yeah. to be like, everybody to see it. He was just like, respect, man. Yeah, I'm like, gonna let you live tonight. Yeah. Sorry to go off on the tangent, but yeah, no, it's a, um, hip hop, like hip hop, true crime is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And this is it. I believe this, right? Mm-hmm. But this isn't P Diddy would never make a a, a a million dollar documentary and do this in a Netflix because the implications of this are insane. Yeah, that a a, a Los Angeles police officer hit murdered a, a rapper yeah you know the official story is like it's too volatile to 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 um to cosign you think, it, I think at some point it will come out though like the whole well it has is. come out that's the thing i've seen documents it's 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 out there it's mm-hmm. not not out there it's just like nobody wants to cosign it because mm-hmm. they don't want to be the person to say yeah man the lapd fucking oh got you murdered yeah, yeah, biggie smalls yeah, yeah, yeah. it's easier to just go like yeah it was suge knight in some roundabout way yeah don't worry about the roundabout way but it was probably suge knight and death row because they had east coast west coast beef yeah that's the easier story than this task force does all these crimes and also they commit hits for for top dollar yeah yeah i mean they tried to get combs out of here too like he was he's supposed to be one of them 
And he just, he, he got lucky. He made it out of life. Exactly. Yeah. Crazy. So the lawsuit states that Perez and Nino Durden, their partner, uh, former officer David Mack, um, and certain unknown persons were responsible for the death of Christopher Wallace. The rapper was shot to death on March 9th, 1997, as he and Sean Combs left the 11th Annual Soul Train Music Awards after party held at the, the Peterson Automotive Museum in Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles. The lawsuit states that killing states the, the killing was committed in a very efficient, organized, and professional manner, uh-huh. suggesting that a high degree of coordinating and planning proceeded Proceeded his murder Like they knew where they were at Exactly oh, It wasn't just some random thing Yep Fucking They probably fucking Fucked with the stoplights Oh Could've could It could've gone all the way up to that Yeah Let me tell you This is This is I don't believe this at all But this is how deep I used to go into these YouTube Fucking rabbit holes Yeah So You know how I talk about These rappers Now today These young kids getting killed And then these record labels Make their albums And then make money off of them mm-hmm. Right One of the conspiracies was That Diddy had Oh, Biggie Smalls kill. I heard that, and they, they did the same thing with Suge Knight. And the the part that with Pac, po, 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 yeah. yeah, my bad. The part that pokes a hole in it, where I immediately check out, but still watch because it's entertaining. Yeah, the way yeah. they put the videos together is like, why would you be in the car? Right. Suge Knight was right. in the car. Diddy wasn't in the. Diddy wasn't in Biggie's car. I don't think was he? I think so. He was. In they the front, were in a, like a I think fleet. He was in the front. Okay, yeah, okay, but I think I think yeah, yeah. I know. I know Little C's was there. That's why I said Little C's. But I don't know because they had like, you know, like a convoy yeah, yeah, yeah. of like three cars driving and they knew what car Biggie Smalls was. Now, if he was in another truck, then, then I can. I can I like, oh, no, yeah. we're not riding together but, tonight. But, but I think he was in the car. Diddy was in the car. I think. Yeah. Well, if he was, if even if he wasn't, somebody that was somebody on the inside knew something. Because you had to target the right, the right truck. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But so, so just, the, just that caveat is like, yeah. why would you be in the car that gets shot? Right. Shook was in the car. Why would you be in the car that gets shot if you wanted to kill them? And then this is where it's like, if Diddy kills Biggie Smalls, Diddy owns the rights to Biggie Smalls. Mm. Diddy goes on, make Biggie duets, Biggie movie, Biggie yeah. this, Biggie that, make billion dollars off Biggie Smalls and doesn't have to pay Biggie Smalls any money. Yeah. Maybe you give his family something out of the kindness of your heart, yeah. maybe you're not even legally obligated to do so, right. but you do so so you look good to the to the peep to the world. Yeah. It's like, oh, I looked out for his kids and whatever. But that I don't believe that that happened because right. I really do. I don't know. I don't know Diddy at all. I don't, you know, as much as I know this is an illustrious podcast, but like we don't we don't know Diddy guys, <laughs> right. you know. But I I genuinely feel like that was his brother. Mm. So I don't yeah, think sure. he would. I don't think he would do that for the the rights to Biggie Smalls. Yeah, even though. I think that today in the in the rec, in the hip hop industry, a lot of these record labels pit these young kids against each other because it sells more records when there's beef, yeah. and then they are fine with these kids being murdered. Crazy. That's not as conspiratorial as far as like they are killing the kids, but they are perfectly fine pouring gas on the fire, mm-hmm. and whatever happens happens. It's like either they make a great album and have beef and get in fights and get clicks and shit on YouTube. Or one of them dies. We take the songs that they haven't finished. We put that album out, and it goes fucking tr- triple platinum. That's crazy. Shout out to Nipsey Hussle, man. Rest in peace. Always, always shout out to Nipsey Hussle. But I'm sorry, I keep going up. Yeah, this hip hop true crime really gets me interested. Yeah, so yeah. go ahead and wrap your story. I'm sorry. Yeah, but the reason why I said Nipsey Hussle for obvious reasons. Yes, independent. He's independent. Yeah. His music was his music. You see, there's no posthumous Nipsey Hussle album out yet. And if no. it was to come out, 100 percent of it will be going to his family. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they said that um, the whole murder. For uh, Biggie Smalls was was coordinated plan and um, it was done in a professional manner. Yes. Uh, so the the suit further alleges that Perez admitted to LAPD that he and David Mack conspired to murder and participated in the murder of Christopher Wallace. It was alleged that Perez was on duty during the during that night 
on March 9th, 1987, but there was no evidence of that allegation. I'm sure there wasn't. So Christopher Wallace's uh, murder is believed to have been in retaliation for the murder of Tupac Shakur. Tupac was a member of Death Row Records, run by Marion Suge Knight. Knight is known to have hired off-duty Ramport cops for security, such as Kevin Gaines, who was um, Perez's friend, mm-hmm. who was shot to death by fellow LAPD, LAPD officer Frank, Frank Liger. On March 18, 1997, Knight, who grew up in Compton, is well known for his ties to the Bloods. Following his arrest, detectives found several photos of Rafael Perez flashing blood gang signs. The connection between Perez and the murder of Christopher Wallace has long been a source of speculation by the LAPD. Wow. The, the current wrongful death lawsuit states that Perez was a member of a violent street gang associated with Death Row Records and that he was partly responsible for Biggie Smalls' death. Him and the other guy. Him and the other guy. At the orders of Suge Knight. Suge Knight. Yeah. Who hired these officers to to do this? Um, hired these officers, gave them a death row chain, took them to some parties. Yeah, they were probably more blood than badge, but yeah. had the badge. Yeah, I want to go over some some resources here and and popular culture. I want to show you something. I want you to put this on the. It's just a picture. I want to show you. Okay. So this is the moving training day, right? Yes. So this is a, very much reminding me. This of is it. a picture of a license plate that says. ORP 967. ORP 967. Which is in the movie. It was on one of the cars in, in the movie. Okay. Right. You can buy this at Walmart. I, just, I was like. The license plate? The license plate. You can buy <laughs> it at Walmart. Yeah. So remember that. Hanging over a door. Yep. So in the film, in 2001 film, Training Day with Denzel. So good. Washington. Ethan Hawke. I love Denzel, man. Yeah. I love Denzel. Said he emulated the style of Rafael Perez to give uh, authenticity to his portrayal of a corrupt LAPD cop. Alonzo Harris. Oh, that's what Denzel did? He yep. copied him? Yep, Alonzo mm. Harris. The character's vehicle has a license plate, ORP 967, which is said to stand for, can you, you want to take a guess? Only real players. Come on, man. He said <laughs> Officer, Ro- ooh, what's his name? Robin Perez? Raphael. Officer Raphael Perez, 967. Is that an area code? No. Do you know anything about the number or no? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, so Officer Ra- Rafael yeah. Perez. Yeah. What? 1967. The year he was born. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's deep. Yep. And you know what's also deep is that in the movie, Denzel's dating uh, Eva Mendez, the beautiful Eva Mendez. Mm-hmm. And he's his, so he's like, they tie him into some Hispanicness. He speaks some Spanish mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. He goes, Nino, when he's trying to shoot, Jake! Jake! Yeah. He's like getting in the gunfight in the apartment and uh, he's trying to call his little Hispanic, half Hispanic son over. He's yeah. like, Nino, he's speaking Spanish. That might be, okay, I'm seeing the ties. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought, I thought okay. it was super dope. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so the television show, the television series The Shield is based on Los Angeles rapper mm. scandal and the show's main character, Officer Vic uh, Makey. Yeah, I never is, watched The Shield, but okay, I know about it. It's on Rafael They Perez. used to bust skulls. Michael Chiklis used to bust skulls. They were yeah. like riding long leash. Yeah. I don't know if The Shield, The Shield, it probably went dark where it was like, they went, they're going too far, but they were a, a unit or a, 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 yeah. a group of I officers the beginning of with it, a long leash. Yeah, yeah, they I had watched. a long leash. Yeah. He would come in and be like, I said, where's the drugs? Bam! Slam your head on the, the, the table and shit. It's like, oh, that's not how you get a confession out of it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. it is, I guess, but you shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, so the TV, the TV series Mugshot, a crime <laughs> documentary show from yeah. Court TV. You know never, never heard that? that. No, no. Uh, so True TV used to be Court, used to be court TV. Didn't know that. 
uh, released a Rafael Perez LAPD's notorious cop that showcased Perez's criminal actions. Perez is portrayed uh, by Neil Brown Jr. in the 2000 in the 2018 film City of Lies, based on the rapper scandal and the crash officer's alleged involvement in the murder of Biggie Smalls. Mm. In 2004, my one of my favorite games of all time, games. Yes, okay. Grand Theft Auto. Touched the gang. Those no like games. Your favorite gang. Okay. <laughs> 2004 Grand- games of Grand Theft Auto. Vice City? San Andreas. San Andreas. From the incredibly popular Grand Theft Auto series, had an antagonist called Officer Tenpenny. You remember Officer Tenpenny? It's been a while. Officer Tenpenny, who was a corrupt police officer, voiced by Samuel Jackson. The character is presumed to be the base, to be based on Raphael as his team was also named Crash. San Andreas is so good. They need to just remake it. Don't go anywhere else. Just just make San Andreas. Yes. One of the great all-time games. like, on the set, like you yeah. start walking down the street, just saying yep. LA stuff. Yeah, you, you, you could get buff. That crazy. game was so you dope. Go to gym. It was, it was a way you could ride a bike time, and get man. stamina. Oh man, that was, was ahead of his time. Buff. Yes, as sure. far as like AI and diving into a game. Yes, but it was doing fun. all kinds of stuff. Oh man, you, you could buy be, a house. you could be a buff. You could be fat. Yeah, you could buy you houses could, and shit. Oh, it man, was crazy. Yeah, that, that was in ahead of his time. Game. Yeah. Um, I went to. So that was my story of. Rafael Perez. But again, it's so funny that you mentioned all these things that culturally and so and like socially pop culture that this story has affected. Yeah. But it's it's not the official story. Like if you ask somebody how Biggie Smalls was killed, they don't go, oh, Ra- uh, uh, Ruben, what's his name? Rafael Perez. Rafael, <laughs> Rafael Perez killed Biggie Smalls. Yeah. And I don't think it ever will be the official story because the, it, the LAPD would have to own up to that like nationally. One of the dudes, David Mack... Who um was who the accomplice, of, right? Or was who one of the cor- corrupt? He didn't. He didn't get any. He didn't get any time. Works at a green energy company in Southern, Southern California. The seven hundred twenty-two thousand dollars that was stolen from the bank, uh huh, was never found. Wow. He didn't give up any of his accomplices during that robbery. Wow. Yep. And and with Rafael Perez, I wanted to mention where he is now. Uh, Rafael Perez is not in prison. He's out living his life. Of course. So Rafael Perez is um, is currently he like I say he currently lives in Chino Hills as of 2015. So he currently so he is reported to work as a limo driver, <laughs> and he has been seen driving for producer Harvey Weinstein. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Last week we saw because Harvey's under the jail right now, currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is interesting. Yep. That. What and this is a stretch, obviously, but it's possible that this guy could have made a name for himself while operating with 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 Suge Knight mm-hmm. as a person who is like security type of guy, whatever. Yeah. And then Harvey Probably. Weinstein goes, "I'll hire you to be my security." And if some shit jumps off, you also will murder a person. Yeah, you know, because like, why else? How else do you get that job for? A Hollywood producer. Yeah. Well, he wasn't. It wasn't a title of security. Just title as a limo driver. But I'm saying, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why? Yeah, yeah, why? Yeah. Why did they hire him? Yeah, you know? it was. A, it was a video. It was a video on YouTube. It was a uh, a guy was a paparazzi, whatever. Uh-huh. And I'm sure he was a limo driver with a hammer on his hip. Probably, I don't know, but he was in one of the big, the big, the big black SUVs or whatever, uh-huh. and he was dropping up Harvey Weinstein's daughter, and Ruben Perez, Raphael, Raphael, Raphael Perez. It was like, hey, are you uh? Are you Rafael Perez? He goes, no. But his changed his name to Ray Lopez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so somebody in comments was like, I'm not. Somebody, called, somebody was like, you should have called him Ray Lopez. Next yeah. time, call him Ray Lopez. Are you Ray Lopez? Yeah. No, I'm he not. Was like, he's like, no, uh, I'm yes, not. I am. He's like, no, I'm not. And hopped in the truck. 
and pulled off. I'm not Rafael Lopez. Wow. Yeah. That is absolutely insane. Yep. That was wow. I've never heard the story laid out that way, but yeah. yeah, man. I mean, these task force, bro. Yeah, man. I didn't. I didn't. This was my first time hearing this part of the story of you know yes. surrounding Biggie Smalls' murder. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the again the East Coast West Coast rivalry. Yes. The retaliation killing. Just some. Tupac. Just some. Uh, some. Some car full of bloods that 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 no Tupac yeah. rolled up on Biggie Smalls yeah. randomly and just started opening opening fire. Yeah, that's the that's the official vague story. Yeah, that that's it the just story was I some knew. Suge Knight, blood gang, Diddy moguls, shit between two two groups of black people. Yeah, and the middle in between of that is a web of corruption, lies, illegal activity, framing. That they don't want to be the public official story. Yeah. So instead, it's just like, yeah, you know, Suge Knight's crazy, man. Suge Knight probably had some somebody paid to kill him. Who? Who? Well, who they? Who they pay? That doesn't. Right. That doesn't matter who yeah, he that, paid. That it, it was really, but it was Suge Knight, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. Um. But yeah, rest in peace to to all the great rappers that we lost, namely Biggie Smalls, um, in a fucking stupid, fucked up tragedy. Yeah, man. And uh, I don't know. I mean, if, like, I don't know if it's official or not. But fuck Rafael Perez for the other shit that he did. He fucking paralyzed the guy and sent him to prison for twenty. And he's years. driving for Harvey Weinstein. Yes, and he's driving for Harvey yes. Weinstein. So who knows what he did? Picking up people, whatever the fucking. Also, uh, you know, quick recommendation before we take a break. Um, there's a uh, Catch and Kill is the is the companion to the podcast that. Um, what is his name? Oh, Mia Farrow, Ronan Farrow, Ronan Farrow. There's a show on HBO Max. Ronan Farrow is the guy who broke the story about Harvey Weinstein. Okay. There's a there's a show on HBO Max that's like a docu series explaining all of the facts that came up and oh the dude was doing some nasty shit. I bet. Yeah. Oh he's doing some nasty. They got audio of him trying to coerce women into really coerce women into doing stuff. He'd be like, come on, you know, come on, you don't want to make me. I'm you don't want to lose a friend over this. But he's saying like, I'll ruin your career. Shit. So come in here and watch me take a bath. Oh, he's a super gross That's dude, gross. man. Check it out. Catch and Kill, Ronan Farrow, super good. What we're going to do is, LA is just a nasty town, bro. When you get caught up in that world of like entertainment, fast pace, all that shit, some nasty shit going on, bro. But what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, and we are back. Fran, yeah. uh, my story uh, is a very interesting one and one that I never heard of. Okay. Um, so much like yours, I, you know, I'd never heard of this story. And then when I found out about it, I was absolutely fascinated by it. So I wanted to come on here and maybe reveal it to a lot of people for the first time. Maybe some people have heard about it. I've never heard of this. And again, it's another story, much like Rafael Perez, that's influenced pop culture in a small way nothing no big tv shows and movies and stuff mm-hmm. but has influenced tv shows and movies and with the story in a way so my affirmative murder this week is the story of shantae uh shantae mallard my sources were murderpedia and people.com um as well as some like um some testimony and stuff from the actual case <clears throat> so shantae Jawan mallard was born on june 22nd 1976 in the dallas fort worth area of texas on October 25th, 2001, four months after her 25th birthday, Shantae was having a, a rager of a party uh, on a Thursday, uh, and at around 11 p.m., she smoked pot and had a couple of drinks and uh, ingested ecstasy at a friend's apartment before heading to a nightclub mm. to party and drink some more. Mm-hmm. What so, was this? 
Uh, Texas, da- okay. the Fort, Dallas, Fort Worth okay, area. Gotcha. So a rager of a Thursday. Mm-hmm. You got ecstasy, alcohol, thirsty, weed. Geez. Yeah, th- thirsty Thursday. <laughs> then they did all this at the apartment. This was pregame. The pregame, the That's pregame dead. was ecstasy, weed, liquor. Yeah. Drive to the club. How do you make it? Yeah. How do you make it there? Will. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking. It's time to turn up. Yeah. You know, nipples are hard. I'm fully charged, ready to go. <laughs> you know. So yeah. So they head out to the nightclub after ecstasy, weed, liquor. Go to the club, drink some more, party some more. And at uh, close to 3 a.m. after leaving Joe's Big Bamboo Club, which what that's easily the worst name for a club Joe's I've ever Big heard. Bamboo it doesn't tell you. I wouldn't think that that's a place that's a, like a club. I would think they sell wood, like a Home Depot or something like that. Joe's Big <laughs> Bamboo Club. I don't even know what that is. like a bar. Yeah, it has a bar name to it. Well, why? Because of club? Yeah. I thought that was a weird name. So anyway, Mallard, after leaving the, even leaving Joe's Big Bamboo Club, she thought that she would be fine enough to drive, but her friend wisely believed that she was too drunk, stoned, and just out of her mind to drive. So she drove them back to her apartment. But after getting back to her friend's apartment, Mallard, uh, who, had, who had left her car at the apartment because mm-hmm. she was fucking on everything, uh, got in her 1997 Chevrolet Cavalier and drove okay. away. Didn't you have a Chevy Cavalier? No, a friend of ours had one. Okay, yeah, I knew something. I know I've been in a Chevy Cavalier. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. I was like, I, was like, I know that I've been in one of those. No, uh, I didn't. <laughs> oh, come on. You drove a minivan. Don't act like you're uh, too good I didn't for buy a Chevy it. Cavalier. Somebody gave it to me. I didn't buy it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, on her way home, Mallard's vehicle hit a 37-year-old homeless man named Gregory Biggs. Mm. The force of the imp, this is this is crazy. and It's graphic. I, it's, no, oh, it's okay. it's 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 hilarious, but it's not hilarious. But like, I'll excuse you for laughing, and we're probably gonna have some jokes about this for this story. Okay, but I just wanted to forewarn people. I don't think that what happened is funny, but this situation has some comedic elements to it. It just does. Mm. I'm sorry. Right. So the force of the impact sent Biggs flying headfirst through the windshield with such force as to lodge him there, with his legs dangling out on the hood of the car. So he's in Wait. her car. Half of his body is in her car. How does that happen? She How? she hit him, and then he, I guess she hit him, and he Went fell forward. forward and then slid through the windshield. Shit. And now he's in the windshield. He's stuck. Yes. Dang His legs are out of the car and his waist up uh, in the car. So he's like, what do you, help me, get, stop. Alive? Yes. Right? That's crazy. Absolutely crazy, right? It gets crazier. I'm not fucking done at all. <laughs> right? So he's dangling in the he car. He falls apart. No, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> that would be graphic. Splitting it's not the graph. It does not. It doesn't get that graphic. Um, allegedly, according to her, she's, she's the only one there. She pulled over briefly and tried to pull him out. She couldn't get him out of the car. Oh, so instead of calling the police or seeking medical help, uh, uh, Mallard then drove home, leaving the injured Big stuck in her windshield. Parked her car in her garage and what? went inside. Apparently, she managed to ma- remain incognito enough as to not be seen on the road driving home at the early mornings of October 26th. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning, like I said, with a whole last half a pair of legs hanging out of her car. Nobody, oh, There were no witnesses or anything. She's driving around no, but three, at that. 3 o'clock in the morning oh, okay. with a pair of legs Possibly. kicking okay. her hood. Okay. So while she's driving, it's like, boom, boom. So boom, he's boom, still boom. alive. Yes. He's still alive, asking for help. Yeah. And she's just like, driving. fuck it, I'm going. Ah, the ecstasy. He can't grab the wheel? I'm sure he's I'm sure he's alive but I mean like he needs to try something to survive. I'm sure he's alive but I don't think he's like uh John Rambo or something where it's like he's thinking to 
Trap. Grab the wheel? Yeah, he's just freaking out. No, nah, come on, man. <laughs> something. I'm grabbing her hair or something. <laughs> I wasn't, I'm not, I wasn't there. That is insane. But she drove home, so apparently. Music blasting. Music blasting. Oh, man, listen. I'm not excusing her. Um, I've never done any kind of horrific crimes on ecstasy, but I've I've been on ecstasy. She probably didn't even notice. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to excuse her. But ecstasy know. is a hell of a drug. I will she say that. I've knows. never hit anybody, but I've the when the beat drops on ecstasy, come on, bro. It's crazy. When you're in a sea of like when you're a sea of like fifteen thousand people and the beat's like boom and then everybody throws glow sticks in the sky. Mm. Oh, it's like oh, you hug the person next to you. You don't know them, Ugh, but it's a, it's all love. Yeah, you're sweaty. It's mm. but it's all love. You know, yes. it's you share a warm embrace. You have a moment. That's what ecstasy does. It's not meant to be going through such traumatic experiences like this. So I don't know how that could have affected her emotionally. But Gregory Biggs is halfway in. A, I'm sure he was very much traumatized and going through a hellish experience. But I don't know how what the mind of a person is like that is able to still drive home with a half a person That's in their crazy, car. Man. It's absolutely insane. So like I said, she managed to get home, park her car, and uh, go inside. Less than six miles from the place of the accident. But police later gave... Ev- six miles? Yes. So she drove six miles from where she... That's hit. not down the street. No, it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> That's crazy. It's not at all. Uh, uh, so uh, police later gave evidence at trial that she drove past nine payphones, because it's 2001, okay. there's no cell phone. She drove past nine payphones and that her brother who was an emergency medical technician for the Fort Worth Fire Department nearby, less than a mile away, was a fire station manned with uh, with officers trained in medical emergencies. Mm-hmm. So she had a, a slew of opportunities to help this man. Her brother's an EMT. She drove past a fire department. She drove past nine payphones, and she just headed straight to, the, to her house. She could have just called her brother. She could have just called her brother. She could have done a lot of things. She yeah. could have done a lot of things. And I'll get into why... What she did is so fucked up, but I'll get into why what she did is so fucked up at the end, mm-hmm. right? So, <clears throat> according to some, Shantae stated that after she parked the car, that she went inside and had sex with her boyfriend, Terrence. I think that at the core of it, what it really, what it really is, is that if it's not been made clear at this point, this woman's a sociopath. Regardless of whatever drugs was in her system, yeah. this woman clearly has a lack of empathy and remorse, and to be able to go in there and have sex after doing this is absolutely crazy. Yeah. But I think that it's possible that the ecstasy could have contributed to her callousness. Mm-hmm. But the callousness is already there because it's not like she became less callous. She didn't call the police the next morning, which I'll get into. <laughs> oh, right? shit. It's not like the ecstasy wore off and she's like, she's like oh, oh, my I God, it. I was on ecstasy. I can't believe it. Let me call the police and get you help. Did he die? I'm going to get there. Oh, okay. I'm going to get there. So uh, she went inside, had sex with her boyfriend, Terrence, and then a, a few hours after that, came back out in the morning, went out to the garage, and Gregory wasn't dead. Oh, I was just going to say he wasn't no, there. He, he, was, like, he, he, was, he wasn't dead. He was still in the, car, in the car, lodged in the car. Sleeping and shit. Yeah. No, I'm sure he wasn't sleeping. He was in tremendous Arm on a dashboard hand. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's, like, he's like bored at this point. Help me. Right. Help. Help me, please. Help. Uh, so... Mm. Mallard also later told the police that she repeatedly returned to the garage to say, I'm sorry, but found that the man was not saying anything, just moaning. Mm. So at this point, her plan became became to and, and her plan was to like, just let him die and then and then d- dispose of the body. Yeah. But it was taking too long for him to die, mm. which I will get into at the end, like I said. But so she keeps coming out. She's saying, I'm sorry every Checking. time, but she's coming out to see if he's dead. Yeah. And then he's like, can you help me? And so it's like, I'm sorry. And leave him? And then leave again. 
So really, what she wanted to was come out was to come out there, and he's just dead. Yeah. But she comes out there, he's still alive, so I have to interact with him because he's talking to me. Mm. So I was like, I'm sorry. So she's come back checking uh, breakfast sandwiches in her hand. Yeah. Like, you know, damn. peeking, peeking in. Terrence, he's still moving. Yeah, he's still he's still alive. <laughs> sorry, and then That's go crazy. back in the house. Right. Wow. At about nine a.m., Mallard picked up her her ex boyfriend, Cleet Daniel Jackson, and took him to her house where he sees Biggs' mangled body. Mm. That night, Jackson and his cousin, Herbert Tyrone Cleveland, removed the body, and then the men and Mallard take it to a nearby park where, they, uh, where it is discovered on October 27th, the next day. So this all took place over three days. Eventually, he dies. Mm-hmm. She calls her ex-boyfriend over. He comes over. Get this shit. He comes over. Because all of these people end up in the in the trial at the end. So it's, this is where it's fucked up. So he comes over. He's like, I'm not touching the body. I'm going to call Cleveland. Mm. So he calls his cousin over because wow. I guess his cousin is more adept at touching bodies or whatever. Yeah. So now you didn't implicated him in the crime. He was off doing whatever he was doing. But at the same time, I also, no, have, a lack no of, I also have a lack of empathy for that because... He came. He could say no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I don't care how, how much of a cousins we are. Yeah. That's the phone call I'm turning down immediately. <laughs> I might even call the police after I get off the phone with you for put, bringing that bullshit to my phone. Yeah. You know? That's crazy. No, that's no excuse. No, no. Yeah, because he came. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So, uh, so they went, dropped the body off at a park, and uh, Cleet, if I'm saying his name right, C-L-E-T-E, but Cleet, his idea was let's not bury the body Again, I don't know if this was a remorseful thing or if he thought because because Gregory Biggs was homeless. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they thought they thought like, let's just take him to the park and drop him off and people will go, oh, he died homeless. Lifestyle killed him. Yeah. But according to uh, Mallard, Shante Mallard, he said, let's let's leave him out in the public so his family can find him and bury and, and bury him as opposed to us burying him and nobody ever finds him. So there you get. Some elements of remorse, I guess, but you still came over and your ex-girlfriend called you to dispose of the body. What remorse? Well, he's saying, like, let's not just, like, disappear this man. Let's allow him to be able to be found. Hearing that, I thought it was just waiting for them not to get caught. Yeah, make it look like an accident. Like, he just fell. Or he got hit hit there. And then once they see his his midsection is almost sliced in half, he didn't die of lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, homeless. Yes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. So they jumped. They dropped. They dropped him off on the night after the accident. So now full twenty four hours, and then the next morning. So now October twenty seventh. So it's now Saturday. Mm-hmm. On October twenty seventh, they drop him off. That's when he's discovered. Four months later, Mallard began talking about the incident at a party. Oh my goodness! A party goer reported her to the police, and she was arrested. She thought she got away with it. She not only did she think she got away with it. Listen to the energy about it. This, like I said, this woman's a fucking clearly a psychopath, a, a sociopath, right? According to the party goer, Mallard stated, <laughs> I hit this white man. <laughs> and she started while laughing like like cocktail talk. Yeah. Like how if you're at a party and I go, you won't believe this. <laughs> so my neighbor comes over and asks me if I put out any rat poison because his dog is sick. Mm-hmm. I go, I would never I have a dog. I would never put out rat poison in my yard because I don't want my dog to get sick. Yeah. Later on, he finds out the you know, his dog just got sick from another thing. He comes over with a rat in a bag, knocks on my door, and is like, look what I caught. I was like, this is not how I wanted to start my Monday morning. We all laugh. There's cocktail sausages (laughs) around, plates of charcuterie. There's wine in our hands. You know, a a funny anecdote. Yeah. She goes, girl, you know I hit a white man with my car. (laughs) You know how that happens? 
the music stopped. And then yeah. the record starts like, wait, what? Yeah. yeah, I hit him, girl. It was crazy. He was in halfway in this. He's going to do halfway in the car. He's kicking on my hood, putting dents in my hood. You know, I was I just got this car, this the Chevrolet Cavalier. Cavalier. <laughs> you know, I just got this Chevrolet Cavalier. The soft top roof. <laughs> and now he's got his boot prints all over the hood of yeah. the car. And I just was like, I cannot believe this. Girl, I tried to slam on the brakes and I thought he would shoot out of the car like in the cartoons. Mm. Nothing. So I took That's the car crazy. home and parked it in the garage. And what are you expecting the, the person you're telling this to to be like, Girl, that is a hilarious anecdote. Yeah. No, she went to the police immediately. She was like, uh-huh. oh, that's crazy. And then went right to call the police. So she told that crazy story. Some, a woman at the party or a person at the party. I don't know if it was a woman. A person at the party called the police and told them what happened. Yes. Mallard still had the murder weapon. Here's, this is just great. What, the car? The car. <laughs> Mallard still had the murder weapon, the vehicle. It was hidden, hidden in her garage. She was waiting for her income tax refund check to burn the Cavalier and buy another car. Why don't you fix the windshield? Oh no, because she wanted to burn the car and dispose of evidence. But she had to. She wanted to wait until her tax refund came, so she could use the money from the tax refund to buy a new car. Which begs the question: What kind of crazy illicit shit has been bought with tax refund money? That tax Ooh. return money Ooh, yeah. is different. Yeah, man, it hits different. Yeah, people, you get that tax return. People start, start doing like, you know, I think I could probably buy a brick of yeah. weed, flip it, <laughs> spend a dollar, make two. Then yeah. I double the tax refund for the re- refund money. Yeah, tax refund money's probably been used on putting hits out on people. Absolutely, people yes. have waited on that tax. When I get my tax income, when you get a lump tax sum amount of money, you start looking at stupid. I'm shit. talking crazy. Oh, I almost bought a fucking one of scooty bikes. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked at some goofy shit, bro. <laughs> yes. Electric skate. I looked at an electric skateboard. I can't ride a skateboard that is just a regular skateboard. But I saw one that has a motor on it. Yeah, I was like, that would probably be fun. Yes, I looked at one of those ones that just one wheel. Like you stand on it, you put the wheel between your ankles. Oh yeah, like a like it's like a about. it's like a Segway or yeah. like one of those um hoverboards. But with one but wheel, one wheel. Yeah, I seen them. I looked at one of those. Those cost like a rack. Damn. But when you got sex, seven racks, yeah, a rack is not that bad. It's like I could spin a rack on one thing. Yeah, I, I looked at some some virtual reality type stuff. <laughs> but the whole thing, the whole thing, not the just whole, not the just whole the goggles, the hands, yeah, oh, the whole setup. Yeah, no, income tax money will yeah. have you looking at some shit where it's Stupid like, shit. I don't even know where I would put this. A wine <laughs> fridge. Shit. You know, I got into wine. I, was I almost like, bought a used car just because I was like, I always wanted that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's my, weekend car, it's my weekend car. I, oh, I can, I can use that. <laughs> yeah, you start thinking of goofy shit. Yeah, bro. man. It's, shit you don't even. Income tax money come. You just start just looking at all kind of goofy yep. shit. And uh, Miss Mallard was like, when the income tax money comes, that's when I can dispose of the evidence. You want to burn a I'm car. I'm going to burn this car subtly. You know how you know how Nobody's cars gonna... you know how cars subtly subtly burn. They yeah. just no smoke, you know, or smelling of rubber and burnt metal and for people who, you know, I'm from I'm from Baltimore. I'm not saying I'm from the trenches or anything like that, but you might you might be from a place where you never smelled a car on fire. After, you know, 2020, there a lot more people who might have never smelled a car on fire probably have smelled a car on fire. Mm-hmm. But I've smelled many a car on fire. It does not smell good. It's like gas and seats and burnt rubber and, yeah. you know. So I don't know how you could think I'm going to just not draw attention to knows. my burning of a car. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, but that's where her mind, that's where her mind was. She's not the brightest person, which I'll get into as far. Can you do that? I mean, like, what is that? What do, Can you burn a car? Can you, I mean, so no. I know you can. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure you can I'm sure you can. You can do it. But I mean, like, what, what type of stuff comes up? Like, what is somebody going to, like, what is... Authorities, what are they going to say? Well, like, the, what what happens a lot? Where, well, yeah, no, what, one, no, you can't. 
Why can't you? I don't think you. I don't. I'm sure you'll get some kind of environmental fine or something. I don't know if they're going to take you to prison. But yeah, they will ask like, "Why are you burning your car?" And what's your answer? Who burns the car? Just cut. Oh, I just wanted. I was cold. I'm. T- I don't want it anymore. Then you take it to a junkyard. No, it's <laughs> automatically burn. you're going to be burn. investigated. They're going to. They're going to swab the car for DNA residue. Even if you really did, was like you're that dumb. Yeah. But you're just like I didn't want it. I don't anymore. want it. Anymore. I didn't want. I didn't feel like taking it to a dump. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, you're an idiot. Okay. Yeah. Well, you don't do this anymore. And here's a fine for $10,000 for Damn. ruining the environment. For just burning the car? Probably. I, I don't think get, you just get off I just free. wanted to get rid of it. Well, the, you're going to be investigated thoroughly to make sure there's no bodies in the car. And they're probably going to hit you with a fine when they find out you're just an idiot who just didn't want the car anymore. Damn. But in her case, she wanted to burn the car to get rid of evidence, which you can't do. Now, what happens is a lot of times when people burn cars, they pay somebody else to steal their car, burn it. For the insurance money. Yeah. But that's illegal. That's a scam. Yeah. That's the most common way that people burn cars or reason that people burn cars for insurance money. Somebody stole it. I can't find it. Oh, they found it burned up. Here's they're going to cash you out, total your car and you get the money. Mm. That happens. And you know how what happens a lot? People pay that person with their income tax money. Mm. I got a tax refund. I'm going to pay this dude to commit a, a, a crime. Yeah. And it's act like I don't know where my car went. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, Mallard was going to, she was going to wait for her <laughs> income tax money to, uh, to, <laughs> to buy a new car after she burns, burned her uh, Chevy Cavalier. Mm-hmm. The police obtained a search warrant after finding out the conversation with the uh, party attendee. They, att- they uh, obtained a search warrant and attended Mallard's residence on February 26, 2002. They found Mallard there and willing to talk. She even signed a written statement. The officers also found the blood-stained car with the seats removed but still smoldering in the backyard. So she did end up burning the car. In the back of her house. In the back of her house. Savage. <laughs> Savage. Like a big, uh, you might as well have uh, lights in the back of your house. Like, come to my house. Yeah. You don't think the fire department's going to show up to put the, like, at the very least, your car. I thought she was going to take it to a field, if anything. <sighs> no, nah, she was like, I don't feel like it. Back like, I don't feel like driving to a field. Too much work. Just burning in my backyard. What could, what could go what wrong? What do with the seats? <laughs> Good question. Maybe it never had seats. Maybe they're just assuming she did some kind of criminal mastermind shit. But it could have just been a shitty Chevy Cavalier that didn't have a passenger seat. I've been in a car that didn't have a passenger seat. You have? Yeah. I mean, not in it. I didn't drive it, but I've seen it. Oh. I've been around a car. I've been in a Cavalier with shitty passenger seat. Shit leaning all to the yeah, left. So it's like if it's leaning and somebody complaining, I'll just take it out. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> So they arrived on the scene. They found the car still intact enough to, to swab for DNA evidence. Mm. Um, um, the, uh, evidence showed that the bigs had uh, breathed and moved long after the collision. So I guess they were able to tell from, you know, evidence that they gathered from the car that uh, he was still alive long after he was hit in the car. Mm. You know, because that's, that's crazy, you know, DNA evidence and left all that, that man C- CSI shit, man. They yeah, left him in the car for a long time. So Mallard was arrested and charged with the murder and with tampering of evidence and failure to stop and render aid at the scene of an accident. At trial, the medical examiner testified that Biggs would have survived the impact with the most basic of first aid. Wow. Had he, 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 he simply bled to death. Yeah. So I don't know if the glass was shitty on these Cavaliers, but whatever happened, it really was like a bing, bam, boom. Mm-hmm. It was like bam, 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 yada, yada, yada. I'm in the car halfway now. Yeah, he was neck wasn't broken. It was no grievous injury. He just didn't get help for 48 hours, and he slowly bled to death. Yeah, they said like all he would have needed is to like get his wounds bandaged up to stop the bleeding, and he would have been fine. 
So stopping at the payphone to call 911, calling your brother, stopping at the fire department, any of these things would have saved this man's life. Crazy. And her deciding to like, really, really, I'm surprised that she didn't get straight up like, like, like a, a first degree murder charge. She did it? No. She got manslaughter? She, she got manslaughter. Mm. Um, because she chose to wait until he died. Yeah. That's what, I mean, that's what her plan was. Yeah. To wait until he died. Yeah. And it just took so long because he wasn't that badly injured. That's premeditated, right? I mean, yes, that's a decision. Yeah. So, you know, that's a weird one, but. That's crazy, man. Yeah. So. Is she still in prison? Yes. In September of 2002, Tyrone plea bargained in, in regard to a separate charge against him. He agreed to testify against Mallard and received a nine-year prison sentence for the lesser charge of tampering with evidence. Four months later, Jackson, so this is the, uh, the, the, the boyfriend and his cousin okay. who moved the body. Mm -hmm. Jackson struck a similar deal with the district attorney. He received a 10-year prison sentence for tampering with evidence, and he too agreed to testify at Mallard's trial. In June of 2003, Mallard faced trial by jury in what the press would later call the windshield murder. Jurors would later be, be shown a videotape of Mallard taken a week after Biggs died back at Joe's Big Bamboo Club, drinking and enjoying herself. So it's like, I guess you're supposed to, you know, <laughs> pr pretend like nothing happened and kind of you don't want people to be suspicious. But a week after you committed a murder and you go back to Joe's Big Bamboo Club. Is that, is that still a club? Is it still open? Probably not. Did you look it up? I didn't look it up. <laughs> if it's still around 20 years later, I mean, That's I don't know it. how popular Joe's Big Band, but it might be the hottest club in Dallas-Fort Worth. I don't know. <laughs> During trial, her story changed for what was now the third time. She testified on June 26th and offered a self-serving statement and a teary-eyed apology as she maintained her innocence. She had yet another version of the, of the events to share. This one featured the time-honored criminal defense strategy of blaming the criminal conduct with alcohol and narcotics. So basically she's saying, it wasn't my fault, it was the drugs. Mallard added that her ex-boyfriend had disposed of the body without her consent, and she had not reported the accident because she was scared. So now she called this dude, and this dude called her cousin, and now she's saying, he just, he just, he just came over to my house and disposed of the body. I, I didn't tell him to do that. <laughs> As if he just he just decided to help you out on his own, mm -hmm. you know, or not even help you out. You're saying it wasn't help. I didn't want him to do it. So after a short deliberation, the jury convicted Mallard of murder and the judge sentenced her to 50 years in prison. In Texas, a person must serve half of his or her prison term before becoming eligible for parole. She would be eligible for parole on March 4th, 2027. 25 years into her sentence. Mallard's case was later adapted as an episode of CSI. The episode was called The Anatomy of a Lie, and it aired on May 2nd, 2002. And also as an episode of Law and Order. The episode was called Darwinian, and it aired on January 7th, 2004. Hmm. The story also inspired events in season two of Fargo with Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, and Kieran Culkin, who has quickly, not quickly, because he's been really put into work, but he has become the most talented Culkin. I mean, it's not even a question. I think that McCulley has probably made the most money, but Kieran Culkin is a legit talented actor. He's great in fucking <clears throat> this movie. I just watched. Um, is that, is he related to his name? McCulley Culkin. He's his little brother. Oh shit. For real? He plays the kid that he doesn't want to, um, 
sleep in bed with in Home Alone 1. When he's like, he pees the bed all the time. On the glasses? Yeah. That's his brother? That's Kieran Culkin. Oh, shit. And he's the most talented of all the Culkins. Really? Yes. He's in the He's sh- been in other movies since then? He's been in other movies. He's in a movie on HBO Max called... Is- it's uh got it's got uh Guillermo del Toro and um Don Cheeto. It's a it's a really good kind of like who done it type of movie. Hmm, uh, I know that. It's really good, and he's also in one of the best shows on television right now, which is called um, it's like a show about nepotism and rich people. It's so fucking good. I just can't remember the name of the show right now. It's, it's escaping me. Got a lot going on, guys. Sorry, but anyway, Kieran Culkin, so good. And I never watched Fargo. I'm 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 almost ashamed to admit that because it's really acclaimed. But I've never watched Fargo. But I might have to now that I know that. This sh- this story kind of inspired a moment from that from season two. Um, Secession. Sorry, I got it just popped in my head. Secession. Uh, films inspired by this by this mo- this event uh, include a movie called Stuck, which is starring Mina Savari, which you may have seen her in. I think she was in American Pie. But here's the here's the trippy part. So Hollywood wanted to make a movie that was funny mm-hmm. about this. About this story. About this story. Gotcha. So what they did was they they kept it a black movie because everybody's black. Mm-hmm. But uh, Gregory Biggs is a white man. Mm-hmm. They and Mina Savari is white. So in order to take away the racial component and make it a little more lighthearted, I guess they decided to make the girl who hit him in the movie white. Okay. The movie looks awful. If you look the trailer up on YouTube, it's one of the worst looking movies. It looks like. You know those movies that come on BET at like 2 o'clock in the morning? Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like one of those. Low budget, straight to DVD. But anyway, this movie, Stuck, was like a comedy version of telling the story. Which is, which is interesting to me because now in 2021, if you reverse this, and Gregory Biggs was some white dude coming home from a party and hit a black woman yeah. and, and left her in a windshield oh and goodness. drove home and parked. They would have burned his house. I and mean, this would be oh, a national yeah. news story, right? Yeah. But I've never heard of this story before. Nope. You know, now not to say that it wasn't, it wasn't a hate crime. She was just was drunk and whatever and callous and a sociopath. Right. But the elements, that simple flip, maybe, Changes the maybe thing. not, maybe not in 2001. I would think so still, but spe- today for sure. If a white man hit a woman and left her in her in his windshield, a black woman, oh man, and left her in his windshield, went inside, had sex with his girlfriend, yeah, oh, everything, everything would have burned down. Social media oh, would have blew oh up. Oh my god, it would have been crazy. Insane. It would have been crazy. It would have been absolutely insane. So I think that that's interesting. That Hollywood was like, eh, I don't really like. We don't really like that element of the race thing. So just make the girl white in the movie. In two thousand one, and this it was, was like this was, was like, the movie this came was, out. This was two thousand seven. The movie, the movie. I don't the think movie, it would. I don't think, think, think would have been that. It would, it if it flipped, if it was flipped, no. If it, if it, if they would just put the black, like oh, an actress, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah, I don't think so at all. Yeah. I don't think it would have been like this is racial. Yeah, it would have been like we'd have been talking about it today. Yeah, like that, like radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this movie should have never been made. Yes. but like nobody was mad when it came yeah. out. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, but I also just think it's, it's Hollywood has this way of say that they also um, there's a there's a, a docu series on Netflix called. Um, evil mastermind or evil genius evil genius and it's about um the lady who she she convinced this guy to put a fake bomb on himself to go rob a, a oh, bank yeah, and that. then it was but then it was real yeah i saw that they made a movie about that with aziz ansari and uh jesse eisenberg it's called 30 minutes or less but it's a comedy oh i saw that i did see that that's yeah, based that. on that yeah, story yeah, yeah that's based on that story oh shit so hollywood has this way of trying to be like how do we make this funny hmm. and they tried that was stuck it didn't nobody nobody saw it that could and rub people the wrong way though Absolutely, of course the family. Yes, yeah. of course. But that's why it's not. It, 
based on a true story. Yeah. Based on a true that story. That story was crazy, though. What? The 30 Minutes or Less? No, I mean, I'm talking the, about the, the actual real story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was absolutely wild. But yeah, so um, that's the that's the end of my story. Rest in peace to Gregory Biggs. I just thought it was that absolutely was crazy. Like, you hit a person, they're in your car halfway, alive, and you drive home and go park your car in the dry, in the garage. Yeah. And then come out and check on them. And, and then you had sex in, in the house and... Then you go dump them. Then you're talking about it to people. Yeah. That's one of those things where, like, you never bring this up again. If you're able, if you're lucky enough, which it sounds like it was because, sadly, Gregory Biggs was a homeless man. Probably was nobody really looking for him. Yeah. She didn't get caught until four months later because she happened to be talking about it at a party. This is something you, like, go to your, this is like. Yeah, she probably wouldn't have got caught. Yeah, you go to your grave about this. You never bring this up. Yeah. And she's at a party joking about it over cocktail weenies. In a windshield, though. It's the most callous thing I've ever heard of. Left him in the windshield and he's alive. Like, hey, help me, please. Yeah, that's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So, uh, uh, Shantae Mallard is eligible for parole in um, 2027. Fuck her. I hope, you know, I mean, I hope she's learned and reflected. And, you know, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think if she's up on, on a parole board, do you think that they should parole her? It's been 25 years. It will, it will have been they 25 years. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But I hope she's learned and, and really reflected on what she did, you know. But uh, are you still trying to find Joe's big big bamboo club? No, I want to I wanna bring up something we, before we do the good vibes. I'm just trying to find the names. Okay. I wanted to bring this up in the beginning, but I just wanted to get that stuff off my chest. So, yes. Um, I know you heard about the incident that happened in, in, in Baltimore, Maryland. With, with the, the, with the, the woman. two kids. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to mention. I just wanted to bring that up and just my condolences out to that family. Absolutely, those, I, I don't. I still don't. Beautiful so young. It was an kids. aunt. She, she killed the kids and she had them in the car. She was driving around with them in the car. Yeah, and this happened? was this was in and in our backyard, like in our neighborhood where we've been. We grew up in. Wow. And she just happened to get stopped, like by, by accident. Do you know any like like? Do I know why the they were with her aunt? Or well, like, the 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 whatever it was, the mom was in was trying to recover from got it. drugs or whatever. Got it, got it, and got it, got the aunt was supposed the, to watch. Yeah, the yeah, kids. the guardian. Right, the guardian. They on the police only stopped her because she had like a a, a fake temporary a regular traffic stop traffic stop yeah, type of thing. But it was because she had like a, a a fake temporary license plate or something like that. That's the only reason why she was stopped. Right, only reason why she stopped. And then just as more stuff has been coming out, the daughter has been. Was dead in that trunk for over a year. Wow, over a year. She been driving around with that little girl in that in trunk, trunk for, for over a year. Oh wow, in a plastic bag, and then in the summer, in the summer, and then the oh. year after, she killed the little boy, put him in a suitcase, and had him in the trunk right next to his dead his dead sister. Jesus Christ, that is insane. You, it's like you hear these stories all the time, and you go happen in Texas, it happened yeah. in Florida. You go, damn! But then when that shit hits. And home is like what this shit can happen anywhere. The only reason why that that story came because she was stopped on traffic stop. Yeah, for some having nothing and to do crazy. with. That is crazy. Yeah, and so that's that means crazy. nobody was looking for those kids. That was crazy. They said the mom been been trying to get in. Con- I'm not gonna get into my ideas on that, but they said the mom was trying to look for the aunt, trying to get in contact, see where the kids were. Mm. Over a year, that little girl's been dead. That isn't. That's insane. I just. Those I just wanted to send my condolences out to that family. That whole Absolutely. situation is, t- is is terrible, man. I was like, that's insane, man. People are nuts, big time, nuts. And you just driving around like casually. Nothing. Same thing with Shantae Mallard. It's like Shantae Mallard, like just like she went to McDonald's and stuff like she got. She went back she clubbing. Ate. She ate after the 
you know, yeah. After, yeah. after she left a guy dying in her windshield in her garage. And that sucks he couldn't like yell. It's just pain. That's 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 crazy, man. That's one hell of a way to die. A lot that's, of a lot of sociopaths out there, bro. Yeah, man. But yeah, rest in peace to those two young uh, lovely kids. Yeah. And uh Jesus, I, I I heard about the story. I didn't go into full detail because it's yeah, just yeah. so like uh like nasty. But um I do want to learn more about, you know, the home situation of the kids, yeah, why yeah. they were with the aunt, how this happened. So I'm definitely going to dive more into that. But we definitely need some good vibes after that one. So yep. let's go ahead and jump into these good vibes. All right, folks, it's time for some more good vibes. Um, really quickly, Fran, uh, I wanted to tell a really beautiful story. Um, I was... Uh, I had a distasteful viewing of some news about how um, homelessness was being covered in this country. I just Mm -hmm. think the conversation is being had completely wrong. And that inspired me very much when I saw this story about a woman named Linda Brown. So what Linda Brown is doing is she's building these tiny home communities in Wisconsin, I believe. Let me check. Uh, In Missouri, sorry. In Missouri, she's building these tiny home communities where she's... um, uh, tearing down uh, mobile home lots and then giving homeless people these little homes for them to live into. They were able to raise $4.75 million and open Eden Village in 2018, Mm. erecting 31 tiny homes that are occupied by people like Jonathan Fisher, who was battling substance abuse and living on the streets for two years when he met Linda Brown, who changed his life. He said, in the worst moments of my life, Linda gave me guidance, care, and made me feel like I was still worth something. He says that he became homeless and then, oh, he says that Brown took the time to, to learn why he became homeless and then encouraged him to, to rebuild his life. And she offered, she even offered him a job. Now sober, Fisher works full time for Brown doing construction and maintenance on the 31 homes and helping other people experiencing struggles similar to what he went through. The driving philosophy behind Eden's, Eden's Village is that this is the same as what fuels housing, the housing first movement. The root causes of a person's homelessness cannot be thoroughly addressed until his or her immediate housing needs are met. Because, like, how can you? If you're worried about surviving on the streets, you can't try to fix your life or get a go for a job interview. Right. You need a place to lay your head and right. feel like a person, and then you can focus on those next things. Right. So it's like one one crisis at a time needs to be tackled. You can't solve it all with one wand wave. Um. Uh, so uh, Linda says, uh, I watched as my homeless friends walked off into the darkness to, to hidden, wet, and cold camps where while we went home to a warm bed. This is what she told the National Association of Realtors who honored her with their Good Neighbor Award in 2020. She said, I had to do something. That was the moment that, uh, that formed her vision for the tiny home village that served as a place where the chronically disabled homeless can now live with dignity and self-worth. After drawing sponsorship money from Caldwell Banker, the Greater Springfield Board of Realtors, local banks, churches, and area residents, by 2019, all 31 tiny homes, which cost about $42,000, that's it, Fran, $42,000, they were occupied, all 31 of them. It takes someone who wants to do something and then believes they can. I've watched Linda Brown live live that out. Uh, This is according to Nate Nate Schluter who helped launch a tiny home village for the homeless in Austin, Texas, which we went to is a lot of homeless camps in yeah. Austin, Texas. Yeah. And uh, uh, he was doing some work out there, but now he's moved on and is now doing the work with in tandem with Linda Brown. He took his talents over to Linda Brown's uh, side. Wow. Um, uh, he can, he went on to say, it's exciting to watch the homeless who thought they 
they'd lived the rest of their life on the street now have a home. Uh, Brown's 13 years of real estate experience, uh, real, real estate expertise has been essential to the development of the tiny home community. The tiny homes are rolled out in wheels attached to, the, to their steel frames, qualifying them as recreational vehicles. The 400 square foot individual homes are fully furnished, including dishes and bedding. Residents pay $300 per month, which includes utilities, so they have running water and electricity. Most receive government disability checks of, about, of $725 per month to cover the expenses. They can remain in their home as long as they wish, provided they remain a good neighbor in the community, which is awesome to have a little bit of stipulations to just keep everybody, you know, keep it, keep it nice. Yeah. Uh, the village includes a 4,000 square foot community center where residents can hold cookouts, do laundry, and access a medical office staffed with student nurse volunteers and wow. mental health professionals. Eden Village was even the site of a marriage ceremony for two residents. This is absolutely beautiful. Um, it goes on to say that uh, uh, um, Linda Brown's devotion helped em helped other other homeless people emerge from the grips of homelessness. She, um, um, the the young uh, man Fisher from the beginning of the story, who stated he helped uh, she helped me rebuild my life to be better. Even when I was struggling with homelessness and sobriety, she showed me I was a valuable I was valuable and that my potential shouldn't be wasted. She made me feel like I belonged somewhere, which is the most important part to solving this crisis. You can't just push them, push homeless people away to be hidden from the nice parts of your city. You need to they need to have a place that they can call home for themselves, too. That's the whole point of ending homelessness, not moving homelessness. We're not trying to shift homelessness. We're trying to end it. So you need to have make them feel like they belong somewhere. Uh, other cities are seeking to duplicate Eden Village. One project is underway in Wilmington, North Carolina, and 34 other communities are making plans. You can visit the Eden Village website to donate to the 501c3 nonprofit volunteer with them. That's they dope. have they are working on two to uh, Eden Village two will be opening soon, and then they have plans for Eden Village three, which will they have plan on housing over 80 homeless people. Which they will be no no longer homeless, you know. So that would be really yeah. awesome. Um, so that was my story. I just thought that was really awesome, and that would be dope really, to do something like that. Though, absolutely, yeah, like that. absolutely. And just hand those keys over to somebody and say, hey, man, here's your here's your home." Yeah. So I just thought that was a beautiful story. And Linda Brown is the example. She's the benchmark for how we should be approaching the homeless crisis, instead of a bunch of people getting paid six figures to talk about how to solve it and then do nothing, which is what's currently happening. Yeah, that's a dope story, man. Um, my good vibe this week is uh, a new partnership with the police with police in Colorado is putting smiles on the faces of motorists who might not have the money to fix a broken part on their vehicle. And um, Advanced Auto Parts Store has gifted the Denver Police Department with 100 gift cards with $25 each to hand out to drivers who are normally pulled over by cops and given a warning or ticket to pay a fine. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I don't know how they choose between a you know if they give them a warning or a ticket or not. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Probably their attitude. Oh, yeah. Or how nice their car is. Like I'm oh, not. Okay. I'm not. Yeah, you know. You know. I'm not giving you. It. it, it probably mostly attitude. Attitude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now, when they pull over a motorist for uh motorist for say a bad headlight or a defective taillight, they will have the option to give a twenty five dollar gift card to help the motorist get mm. a fix to get it fixed and get them back on the road and stay safe. A representative of Advanced Auto Parts explained. That's awesome. Yeah, Denver Police Paul, Denver Police Chief Paul Pazin. Because officers have already issued the cards and are enjoying the smiles it puts on drivers on drivers' faces. Advanced Auto Parts donation not only helps us get greater compliance with the motorists with the motor the motoring public, but it also helps us build a build and strengthen relationships with our community. Absolutely. So that's dope for people that's you know that's in a type of financial 
downturn right now or yes. whatever. They're like, I can't pay. You give me a ticket, I can't pay. So how the hell am I going to pay this damn Headlight or tail light or something. I knew like the tail light was out. I just don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't right. know how to change it, and right. I can't. Af- I can't afford to fix it. I went to a place. They tried to fuck me instead of just fixing it for uh, out of the niceness, off of the strength. They tried to charge me for the labor, so I didn't have the money to fix that. And now you're giving me a a a, 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 a warning or a repair order, and if yeah. I don't get this fixed, I, it's going to charge the, this. Instead of doing all that, it's like, hey man, your lights out here. And a repair order, you got to take it. You got to go get it fixed. You got to go to the sign, police so You got to go back to the police station. And I don't get have it signed gas. Off. To, I don't have gas. Exactly, to, man. People don't think of these little <laughs> intangible, these like these little things that they don't think of. It's not just so simple as like, oh, I didn't fix my headlight because I'm lazy. Yeah. It's like I, the police station is thirty miles from here. I don't have the gas money to pay the. I can't pay to get the taillight fixed. Then go to the police station, get it signed, and so I, I'm stuck. I'm stuck, and I'm between a rock and a hard place. That's what that means, yeah. you know. So I think that that's awesome to try to build some. You know, some 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 community positivities, build some trust and back in the community, just a little gesture. I think the gestures like that are necessary. Um uh that yeah, that, that that's all that's all we got. Fran, it is your birthday, as we mentioned before yeah. you before you went on and, and gave and gave your powerful speech at the beginning of the podcast. Uh <laughs> it is your birthday. What are the plans, man? When we get up out of here, it's your birthday. How are you gonna enjoy your birthday? Um go home, hang with the fam, go get some food, get to see my nieces and my nephews. I don't see them too often, so I think that's gonna be pretty cool, and I'm just hang out, man. Just, it's always just a hang blessing. Out. Take yeah. it easy, man. Don't touch, yep. don't touch nothing. Don't, 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 don't pay for nothing if you can help it. That's always, <laughs> right, I always right. try to get as many free meals as I can on right. my birthday. Uh, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, the birthday boy, Franco Evans, Sir. and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.